Welcome to Niners Radio. I'm your host, Brian Bauer, with the wonderful Dina Howard. How are you doing, Dina? I'm good. How are you tonight? Good, good, good. Um, you know, this is our last show before we go on hiatus. I mean, um, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not kind of looking forward to having a little break here. But, uh, yeah, we wrap up the NFL draft. And, uh, yeah, we'll be ready to go. And uh, we uh, we have a big show tonight, guys. Uh, we have Dennis Brown. He'll be calling in a couple minutes here. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, Grant had to cover the Warriors for some reason. Like, they're not going to win. Um, but we did do a pre-taping uh, for that. So, um, so we will play that later. Um, and in between, uh, we have one of our first co-host uh, Ryan Lillington uh, calling in a little bit uh, when we used to be Niners like us. Um, and then I thought uh, we'd get Rick on that uh, obviously we're promoting him in Arizona. Uh, he has a new Elvis tribute band. Um, so yeah, we'll be talking to him, huge 49er fan. And then uh, anyone else wants to call in? Uh, and that's uh, area code 516-418-5532. And again, guys, remember, this is our last show. We're not back till, you know, till probably uh, minicamp. Yeah, minicamp. And then uh, we have some exciting news, and this will be Dina's. Um, so, Dina, why don't we break it now? Um, Dina will have her first huge interview, and this has been a long time coming. Um, and, Dina, why don't you tell our guest... Uh, who we will be having at the second preseason week, uh, Talk When Diners Radio. Of course, and that would be one of my favorite players, Kyle Juszczyk. Nice. Nice. So, uh, so yeah, uh, this is done uh, the correct way by the 49ers, uh, by their PR department, and uh, – we finally get a roster guy. Uh, you know, it's, it, it takes a lot to get those guys. So unless you're connected in some way, um, it's very hard to do that. So 
Um, but we do it for you guys, the fans. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of just do our thing. So, um, you know, with, uh, gosh, I just can't wait. I can't wait for the season, uh, with, with the draft that we just had. Um, and we're going to get in, into all that with what people think and that, but, uh, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a very interesting off season. And, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, just because we don't have a pass rusher right now, doesn't mean we won't get one. Right. So, um, so yeah, everyone just kind of hang, hang tight. And, uh, you know, I, you know, if one comes available or be a trade, um, it's still a long way away before we have to kind of get that, uh, get that going again. And, you know, uh, I'm excited, um, you know, for a long time, you know, it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, last year we kind of knew what, what we were getting this year, a uh, new system. Uh, the guys had to go through, obviously, uh, learn Kyle Shannon's system, uh, Soleil's defense. Um, didn't know what we were kind of really getting there. And, uh, you know, obviously the defense probably caught on a little earlier. And they did a real – they did a very fine job. I mean, um, you know, obviously versus run, I, I would imagine, uh, you know, uh, they moved up, I believe, four spots in the NFL. You know, they I think they would like to be a top 15 uh, versus stopping the run next year. And, uh, you know, hopefully they've uh, they've done that. And, you know, we're just going to, uh, you know, just kind of do, go, go from there. So, um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, uh, we'll go from there, from there. And, um, you know, we'll see where that kind of leads us. So, um, so with that, um, you know, Dina, as we start looking over this draft, um, and a lot of people hating on the draft. Um, so with that being said, um, you know, with that being said, I mean, uh, you know, overall, what did you think about the draft? I love the draft. I loved what we did. I was glad we didn't get these big names. I think that Kyle does it the right way. I like to see them make them, they make the big names themselves. I just, I like, I love how they do it. And, Actually, it just came out a few minutes ago that um, according to ESPN's Todd McShay, 49ers round a three draft pick. Uh, linebacker Fred Warner out of BYU was probably the best draft pick in the North, uh, the NFC West. So, and, and you know, and then you saw some of the grades were A's. Some people gave us a B minus, a B plus. So, I mean, I'm okay with it. I like what we're doing. I love the versatility that they're pulled. So. I'm happy with it. I know there's a lot of negativity, negativity, but I actually had a couple of fans hit me up this morning saying that now that they've had time to research the people we pulled and what we have done, sure. they've changed their minds yep. and are a little bit happier with what they see. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everyone has an yeah, opinion. You hope that I you, mean, yeah, you hope that's what, you know, that's, that's what happens. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited. Um, so, um, well, we know that so they're not going to stay either. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, that thing's about anything. 10 more minutes. Yeah. Uh, Dennis will be joining us about uh, five to 10 more minutes. So um, with that being said, you know, let's, uh, let's kind of go over, you know, who we picked. Um, you know, at the ninth pick, we picked Mike McGlinchey, offensive tackle, Nordane. Yes, Dina called it. <clears throat> she finally got one right, guys. <laughs> she finally I got finally... one right. Um, you know, it was really hard to pick him. It was hard yeah, to pick no, him because when you watch him on film and stuff, it's hard to watch him because the Notre Dame's got a good team, first of all. And you, you have McGlinchey, and then you have Quentin Nelson, and there's a couple other ones. It's hard to watch just him. And it was like after looking and watching how everybody was doing their mock drafts, there was no way that Nelson was going to fall tonight. That was obvious. So I just decided that maybe McGlinchey might be there and he was the next best thing to me that I thought would be good for the team. And listen, from NFL Update, which I swear by, um, you know, I they haven't let us down very many times. Um, you know, be, hours before that draft, um, they said, you know, uh, if the 49ers keep their ninth pick, which they did, um, 40 iron names to watch were uh, McKay Fitzpatrick, uh, Raquan Smith, Mike McGlinchey, and Tremaine Edmonds. And, you know, I, I was – that didn't surprise me. I mean, it really didn't. Um what a lot of people didn't know is the earlier in that day, uh, there was conversations um, about the Patriots. If something had to go down with the offensive tackle, would they be interested in trading Trent Brown? Um, they talked to Trent Brown, and it looked like two sides just couldn't get together. And you know, we'll uh, we'll get a little more information on that from Grant a little later. But you know, after saying that, you know, I've it's a shame that these two couldn't work out. You know, obviously they both had uh, different kinds of ideas of you know where they wanted to go with him. Um, and you know, all these Forty Nine er fans who are upset with this draft uh, don't look at the organization. Trent Brown is the one that put us in the situation. Do I think Trent Brown, do I think McGlinchey would be a 49er today if Trent Brown didn't, you know, didn't, couldn't work things out, I should say? Um, no, I, I don't. I, I think they would have went a different route. Um, you know, I, I do think, you know, as it came down, you know, I think John kind of leaned towards that, you know, um, Derwin James. I mean, they love Derwin James. Derwin James might have been the pick. Um, so that, I mean, that's that's interesting. That's interesting to think about that. You know, a safety, and then the second day, obviously, you make the trade. Trent Brown goes New England. Um, then all of a sudden, uh, you know, obviously, Tark gets a two-year extension. Um, you know, if James gets drafted, does that still happen? It's something interesting to think about, Dina, don't you think? Yeah, I agree totally. I mean, like I said last season, you could tell 
And it even came out a couple of times about Trent Brown that there was some issues between Kyle and Trent. And I called it last year that mm-hmm. I didn't see him being on the team this year if, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't change his – there was attitude, there was, you know, lack of uh, caring, and there was lack of, you know, work ethic. And Kyle is huge on work the work ethic. So that's where I came in with it. I didn't think he'd be there this season just with all the things that was being said towards the end of the season and, you know, when he was supposed to be playing with the soldier, his shoulder – and they said he'd be back out there, and then he wasn't, and then there was all the rumors. So I just figured that he wasn't going to be able to stay along with the team yeah. this season. And then the rumors when he first came back this season, you know, not caring, not being in shape or anything, kind of confirmed that they might move on from him. Yeah, so uh, let's get someone else's perspective. Uh, we'd now like to welcome on uh, Dennis Brown from NBC Sports Area. In California, uh, Dennis, are you with us? <laughs> I am. How are you, sir? Great. How are you? It's good talking to you. Hey, again. can you hear me? I'm I'm on one of these kind yeah. of uh, I'm one of these weird areas here, but you can hear me pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So, uh, right off the bat, what what what's yeah. your what's your feel on the draft? You know, I like it. I like it from a yeah. uh, perspective, obviously, with uh, Trent Brown. Um, you, you know, Dennis, uh, tell, me your th- tell me your thoughts. I'm telling everybody, you know, obviously, if Trent Brown and the organization couldn't work out um, to see uh, on both sides what was wrong, what, what they didn't like about each other, you know, maybe McGlin- yeah, she's not a 49er right now. Maybe we're talking about Derwin James. Um you know, obviously, well, I mean, I I think they had to do it. Well, I you know, I again, I, I was I was actually very surprised that uh, they ended up trading away. Well, after they drafted Mike, I think um, it was kind of, you know, it, it was going to happen that Trent Brown. I, you know, I was actually thinking that Mike was going to sit, you know, maybe learn from these two cats because you know the last couple seasons. Trent Brown has has really come on to be one of the the premier pass pro guys and you know run block guys in the NFL. I mean he's got a lot of guys to his credit saying that he is good. And you know I, I didn't again I don't I don't I'm not in the locker room. I don't talk to coaches, so I don't know. You know they talk about a lot of friction you know between coaches and his work ethic and things like that. And uh, and and that was so that was already kind of you know. On the back burner, it was already in the plans, and maybe if they could have, you know, if they can get a draft pick in and then, you know, get this guy that they thought was, you know, in my opinion, probably the second best offensive lineman in the draft. Mm-hmm. His buddy, the guard there, went the, a little what earlier than he did. Jesus. Yeah, no, those two guys were beasts. I mean, I watched, you know, with Ricky Waters, I watched a few Notre Dame games, and, you know, Ricky was saying, you know, those guys are the two best uh, in college yeah. football. So, but I was thinking maybe Absolutely. sit him a year. You know, he's got to get in the weight room. I mean, he's a he's a big, tall, you know, a long guy. You know, he's got to get in the weight room, get some, you know, get some some weight on him, get not weight on him, but get some muscle, some mass to him. But you know, it's not a sex. It wasn't it wasn't a sexy pick. But again, you know, we're not in those rooms, and and they saw that they had a need, and, and they saw that Trent Brown maybe wasn't falling in the line of kind of what they kind of wanted, and. You know, and it proves. You know, the National Football League. You know, it is not for long. I mean, it's it's there's no. 
hundreds of people who are waiting to take your position. I mean, there's always, you know, you talk about, you know, the players and the rosters, but there's always someone out there that coaches and general managers are willing to take a chance on or, or bring in and look at. So, you know, everybody is, is fighting for the job every single week. So, you know, I, I, I'm more excited about Dante Pettis. I mean, I am a Husky guy. I'm a Washington guy, but I'm more excited about him and what he brings to the special teams. I and mean, the 49ers have been looking for, you know, a returner that could, you know, flip the field. You know, and and hasn't been. You know, they've tried a few guys back there, just just hasn't worked out. And I think you know he's a guy that can come in and really, really help this offense put more points on the football with his his ability to return punts and kickoffs. Well, he, here's a problem, Dennis. I have with Pettis. Okay, what's that? Um, now from your standpoint, and I'm not saying that he'll be off the team or this jeopardizes him in any way. Don't you think Pettis, from his athletic ability, kind of take over Trent Taylor's position in the slot? Do you think that's the the, the well, mind mean, frame well, that they're that they're well, having at this point? Deal. Yeah, well, here's the deal. I mean, you always you know you're not drafted to be a back. Okay, so yeah, you nope. will compete mm-hmm. for that position. Okay, mm-hmm. the reason why. Him. And that's my personal opinion. I mean, he's a great receiver. He's got a hand. He runs crisp routes. Um, he's, he's a, but you know, he's, you know, he's a little. He's not a big dude. I mean, you know, old boy's not a big dude either. But um, I, I think they're looking more at him and what what he can add to the special teams. But he's going to come in. He's going to compete. He's going to compete for that position. So you know, little. You know, he's got he's shifty, but again, he's got a good hand. Now you know. Mm-hmm. You have to see if he can operate in the middle middle of a uh, of a defense. Can he take a hit? I mean, he you know his college pros it changes quite a bit. So you have to kind of see if he can handle you know that type of deal. If he can take some hits, take some shots in the middle of the field, can he make those tough catches for his quarterback? So, but I'm like I said, I'm more excited about what he can do on the on the return game. Okay, now let's uh, obviously everyone was obviously and fans have every right to be. They have every right. right to be saying, "Where is our pass rusher?" You know, obviously, you get you get Contavious Streets. Uh, he's not going right. to play this year. We know this. No. Um, no. And obviously, I I love that they're all in on Marsh. I love Marsh. I think there's a passion there. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, do do the fans? I mean, when the fans look at this, you know, as you look at it, you know, you think McGlinchey, Pettis, Warner, these guys are all all could start at any game. You know, the rest of these guys, depth, yes. Do they all have yeah. a team? Who knows? We'll find out. But uh, where's our pass rusher? Yeah, and, you know, Aaron I mean, Lynch is gone. Dumerville is going to yeah. be gone. And it's all going to kind of fall on you know, Eli Harold, and we're still kind of waiting for him to kind of show up at football games. So, yeah, I mean, in this new NFL world, you have to have someone who can pressure the quarterback. Um, I was thinking they would, you know, again, I'm a defensive guy. I was thinking they were going to go with the kid from Virginia Tech. What was his name? Um, Oh, yeah, uh, Edmonds. Edmonds. 
I was thinking yep. him because you know, he could play an inside linebacker. He could rush from the outside. Um, Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds or something like that. Tremaine Edmonds, yeah. And, 19 years and, old, too, uh, man. Wow. Yeah, young kid, young, young. Huh. And, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe there's still something out there. Maybe someone shows up. But, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, or maybe, you know, who, they gave Eric Armstead. They gave him. Maybe they're saying that, you know, we believe in an Eric Armstead. They extended his contract. So, uh, maybe they're looking at, you know, he can, I mean, if, if Eric can get himself going and, you know, I think get more a little more motivated and get more fired up about, you know, playing this game, I think he could be, you know, he can dominate, you know, coming off that edge because he's he's a much better pass rusher than he is a run a run uh, defender. So, you know, maybe they're they're putting their cards there. And yeah. We'll see with that. We're still waiting for him, too, to, you know, to finish up the season without being injured. So, you know, I don't know, but, you know, Get like when I when I walked, went to the draft party that we had here in San Francisco down at the uh, Pier Twenty Nine, I believe it was it was great. Blind yeah. fans, a lot oh, of yeah. faithful, faithfuls out there. And I was mm-hmm. I was thinking it was going to be an outside pass rusher, but um, again, you got to protect that investment. Um, and then again, you know, in those rooms, they know they they were looking for if they knew Trent Brown, they was going to be a trade for Trent Brown. They knew they had to fill that position. So, and. You know, it is what it is. Um, I would love to see a pass rusher, you know, come down the yep. pike. But you know, you 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 I mean you gotta. I mean, the pass rushers are, are pass rushers. You gotta have someone who understands how to pass rush, how to bend that corner, how to get leverage, how to get hip to hip with offensive linemen. So you know, he's out there. You just gotta develop him a little bit. So and and I still, you know, I, I believe in, in Eric Armstead. And I think the team still does too because they extended his contract. So. Absolutely. So that's it. Absolutely. That's the fun thing about it. I mean, camp starts, you start competing, and, you know, I'll be down there for a couple of camps and just kind of see, you know, who wants to compete. And that's what they want you to do. That's what all coaches want you to do is just kind of compete. You know, go out there and, and okay. show what you got. And, you know, who knows? You know, one of these, you know, this kid from this fourth rounder, this kid from uh, Street from, you know, NC, you know, he, yeah. he may be a guy that emerges. You know, who knows? Who, who jumps off? Yeah. Who jumps off the page, you know? So, okay, you know, so I had I, I had it out I had it out today with Grant Cohen. Yeah. He's telling me he thinks that Sheldon Day does not make this team. Sheldon Day? I I personally thought when Sheldon Day was in there next to Buckner, you obviously have two pass rushers. And they were getting pressure yeah. up the middle when he when I thought both of those guys were in there. Um you know, obviously, Ronald Blair, uh, Sheldon Day. I mean, you know, um, out of those two, Sheldon Day and Ronald Blair, if it did come down to those two, who do you like better from an overall defensive line? Well, um, hmm, that's, a good, that's, a, that's a good little question. Um, I think – I think – Ah, Ronald Blair's shown he's shown a lot. In the, I mean, he's he's he had a mm-hmm. great absolutely uh, um, preseason a couple of years ago. I mean, it was fantastic. I think mean, he he's developed a little bit. Sheldon Day, you know, I mean, he's got still he's still got you know he's still got when when when, when was he draft? I mean, when was he? He's a what? Well, no, he's a, yeah, he's a one guy. He's in his third year. Yeah, yeah he's so a Jacksonville just didn't have I mean, the line. Yeah. Yeah, but you know he's so, you know he's 
you know, he he's one of those. You know, I don't. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. I mean, yeah. but he was he was that's getting a lot of. Pre- I mean, if you get that push up the middle, you know, and get that quarterback to kind of just you know decide if you know if he's going to try to get out the pocket, then then that's when you need your outside. You need contain then. You know, if you got pressure up the middle and there's no one on the contain, you know, it's, it's useless. But he played well last season, I thought. But, uh, you know, yeah, again, I thought he played really 40, well. 49ers like that young, you know, they like the, those young guys. So they're, they're, and you don't, now who was saying you don't think Sheldon Day is going to make the team? Who was uh, saying yeah, that? so next time, you, next time you see Grant Cohen, just slap uh-huh. him inside the head for me. Just say, well, Grant, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, I mean,. <laughs> Next time you see him, you know when he was a fourth (laughs) rounder. You know he's he's played a lot of snaps. I mean, so he's got a lot of experience. So you know, you know, and 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 he he played well. You know, he played well last season. I mean, he really contributed a lot when he was in there. He you know came over from Jacksonville, but you know, sure, he he played. I thought he played well. So I I don't see why he would not make the team. I mean, I don't. I haven't seen the depth charts on the defensive line. Um, you know, yeah. you lost I mean, a couple guys, it's imp- of course. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I, you know, I can't wait to see what Sheldon Day does, what Ronald Blair does. Uh, DJ Jones is another one. I mean, um, you know, these guys were uh, they were playing their hearts out. You know, last well, when they were healthy last year. <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah. Say. Um, and then you know, obviously, um, we don't know what uh, Jeremiah Dina helped me out with this one. How do you say his last name? Uh, Atucci? Is that, how, yeah. is that how you say his name? Yeah. Is that Atucci? Dina? <laughs> yeah, it's Dina. Atucci. Dina always likes oh, to be quiet when you're I'm not even hearing her. She's quiet tonight, huh? Yeah. I'm just listening to you guys. Yeah. I, 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 I apologize. I was supposed I thought it was yesterday, then I thought it was today at 745. <laughs> you know, that uh, that early CTE is, is killing me these days. It's just killing me. But um, no. you know, what 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 else is going on? I mean, I mean, the, I mean, I, if you were to give it a grade, I mean, you can't ever. I mean, these guys, it's all names on the paper, you know, until yeah, until that, you start all, camp and get yeah. some pats on. But you know, on paper, uh, B, C, what what do you think? You can't ever grade. I mean, you can. I gave it great. I gave so. I gave it a B minus. I gave it a B minus. B minus. I think they missed on it. Yeah, I think they. Missing a couple people that they wanted. Oh, think but. about this team. I mean, think about this team right now. If you look at it, you can. I mean, you you can need help. You need help everywhere. I mean, you. I mean, you. The, the team finished great, yeah, because you got a you got a quarterback that that's, you know, that, that's effective and he's and he's accurate and you know he can do this, he can do that, and that helped out a lot. You know, you won you won your games, you won out with six games in a row. Now, but the team is still, I mean, that offensive line, you have the cornerback position, linebacker with the Reuben Foster thing going, you know, you need right, receiver. Right. So, so every, every part of this, this um, team can still use something. I think they, I don't know if they, I don't think they still haven't addressed, you know, they got Richard Sherman, but I still, you know, you got to get, you got to get some secondary in which I know uh, Tart's got his extension going. I mean, you know, Colbert, is he going to be the free, um, you know the, the the strong safety, how that's going to work. I mean, that secondary is still kind of you know a, kind of a question mark. So, I was thinking maybe a DB a little bit higher, but uh, you know you got the third round kid more from uh, Southern Miss. See what he kind of does, and then you got the DJ Reed yeah. from uh, Kansas State, and we'll see you know what he does. But 
Yeah, really, really I mean, like you that could one. really, you yeah. could really, you could really hit any, any, <laughs> any group on this team, and you could use. Yeah. Help, you know, you need a pass rusher, you need a linebacker, and you need secondary on the offensive side. You need offensive linemen. Uh, you need a running back. I mean, is it going to be a one-two punch, or is it going to be uh, just a kid from Minnesota? You know, is it going to be featured? Brita, you know, Brita, he's a little guy. Is he going to get some muscle on him? Is he going to stay part of the offense? You know, tight ends, I think your tight ends are good. Your receiving core, you know, you've got um, Pierre coming back, and, you know, we saw what Goodwin does, but, you know, Mm -hmm. who's going to be that other guy? So, I think, you know, you really can't miss, you know, and I think they – it wasn't a sexy pick, but it was kind of a necessary pick to get an offensive lineman, especially, you know, with the Trent Brown thing going on. So, you know, I, I, I say a B. Yeah, I mean, even like, you know, you look at that running back core, it looks like. I mean, I do think Jerry McKinnon is obviously the feature back. Obviously, you pay him as a feature back. Um, however, you know, I, I think a, a lot of people are kind of underestimating Joe Williams. Um, I think Joe Williams is going to be a big part of this offense this year. Um, I think so. You know, I, w- I think so. I mean, I, 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 I mean, they, I mean, again, all... I, I, you know, there was there was all all this you know hype when he came in, and you know, mm-hmm. it, it feels like to me that the team is. I, I think Brita out, you know, outplayed him in camp. I think I really believe that to be true. And they yeah. they need to oh, stick, yeah. they need to, him to stick around, so they kind of hit him. You know, in the IR or whatever, I think you need. We'll see what he does. What he's done in his off season. I mean, there's been high hopes. There's been, you know, in college and oh. he left the team and he came back and all that good stuff. But, you know, I think Breida beat him last year <laughs> in competition. So, you know, and he was on the field getting all the snaps. I don't know if it's even an injury. I don't know. What do you think? Okay, I'm gonna get you all pumped up for a second. Okay. So you're watching. You're wa- You're watching the green room, right, Dennis and Jeff. They're watching the green room against the Rams. They're tied for the division. Fourth and one. Got to go for it. All right. Who, who are you giving the ball to? Who's going to get that first down for you? <laughs> Who's going to get that first down? What's the backfield now? What, what, who, now, who are my choices is what I'm saying. You know, is, is it Rita in there or, or – yeah. Well, who's in there? Why? You know, I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't seen him run in the professional football game. Have you? Well, let's say McKinnon. Let's say McKinnon, Brita, and Juice are back there. Who are you giving the ball to, man? Juice. What are you talking about? Juice. <laughs> Juice is it. Gonna, so Juice is going to be our power back. That's what you're trying to tell. Yeah, you're going to line up. You're going to line up fourth and one. You line up in 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 the in a I formation. Give the fullback the ball. That's what you're going to do. If you want to be honest with it. Or you let, you know, quarterback sneak now. I don't know. I, I just, I haven't seen, I haven't seen enough of the kid. You know, I saw him in camp a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but that was it, you know. And then I, I saw Breida beat him in camp. That's what I saw. Well, let's, well, let me ask you this. And all the fans okay. are the same way. Okay, so when Joe Williams did play in the preseason, everyone's like, oh, they usually going against second and third stringers. Right. Does that make you mad when people say that? Because these, um, are, these no. are all people trying to start for jobs, but I understand that the athleticism maybe is not the best you're going against at the time. But I think, but, I, I mean, mean a, is it, 
Well, the thing about thing about preseason is it's you know the evaluation. I mean, coaches are evaluating. First of all, if you're doing the fundamental the the fundamentals right, you know, if you're lining up right, or if you're taking the right cut, if you know your ball security, if you're you know you're checking down, you're doing your pass pro. That's what preseason is about. I mean, the people who are on the field plan are just people on the field plan. But they're mostly, you know, they're evaluating how you're doing the things, the things, the little things, the details. And then, you know, the rest of that stuff kind of carries over. But, you know, as for a running back, you know, you're you're, you're still playing against defensive guys. You know, you're not going against, you know, you're, you're, you're not running with the ones, you're not running with the first offense. But it's still, it's the fundamental things that um, the coaches are evaluating. So, it doesn't make me mad. I mean, when I came in, you know, I was running with two. So, you know, when I got into the football game, I was playing against the twos on the other side, too, during the preseason. But when once you look at the film and you see the fundamentals, your technique and all that stuff, then they, then they can determine if you can go out on a Sunday and play when there's real bullets flying. So, um, for running backs, it's the same thing. You know, if your checkdowns or you got the plays or you're running the right holes or you're cutting the right place or you read your blocks correctly – and I didn't see – I didn't really didn't see that much with him last year in the preseason. I saw all Breida, if I remember correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so let's talk about your position you used to play. Now, right. Solomon Thomas, give me one bad thing you you saw in his rookie year and one good thing you well, saw I think, in his rookie year. I think he was out of position. I, I was looking at him, and this cat was in a four-point stance you know, plan a five technique. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times that tight end would just take one step outside and turn back inside and seal him off. Because he's in a four-point stance, he can't see, you know, side to side. He's got to, you know, I, I think he's out of position. I think he needs to move inside. But, you know, for whatever reason it was, they thought he was the best pass rusher coming off the edge in base defense. I think he needs to be mm-hmm. down in a three technique or two technique. You know he wants to be yeah. in a four point stance, so he wants to get in a mix. You can't, you can't, you can't be in a four point stance if you're outside shade on a tackle, and your job is to set a hard edge or contain, as we used to call it. You can't be, because you can't see. You're in a four point. You're in a track stance. You can't see the outside. So he was sealed off a lot. A lot of teams were able to get that corner had a soft corner to run because he was had his he had his head inside, first of all, looking at the ball in a track stance, four point stance, and he was trying to get up field. And all the tight end has to do is just get on his hip and just ride him. And then, you know, in the corner soft and just flush him down inside. But he had I think he had a a good season. I think like I said, I think he's out of position. But I think he's gonna mm-hmm. continue to get better because he's got He's got the he, he does the things right to play defensive line. I mean, he's got good quick feet. He's got good get off. He's got great hands, and he's got some good quick, fast uh, hand movements. I just think he needs to be inside. Yeah, because obviously he was kind of exposed in, uh, I believe it was the Washington game when Kirk Cousins just kept the ball and Solomon he fell for it, and it was walking touchdown. And I think I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think, think Seattle I mean, for that position, that one too, but yeah, I mean he, I mean just you know he was just you know I, I like in yeah, that's just I think being out of position, you know he's I think he's a guy that needs to be inside, you know where he he's bringing it up the middle and then he's chasing down a quarterback running right side to side. I don't think he's 
in the Almaty that that player that's going to have that contain at the same time apply that pressure into the quarterback slush or bootlegs and things. I, I just think he's just out of position. But then you got inside a couple times, and and I think I think that's good for him being inside. Because yeah, I mean, what is he six two sure. or something like that? Yeah. Everyone says that he's got I mean, short arms. He would have problems on the inside. Uh, do you believe well, that I mean, or no? There's nothing. Well, I don't. I don't believe that to be true because Michael Carter had the shortest arms I've ever seen, and he benched like 500 pounds. So <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah. to, to be inside, arms have nothing to do with it. It's what your strength is. You know, By had short arms. Again, strongest man yeah. I've ever met. Dana Stubblefield, short arms. Short arms. We used to call. You know, we used to, we used to tease <laughs> Dana by his short arms. But you know. When you're in the when you're in the inside, you know you gotta be you gotta work good in close spaces. So I think you know the short arms is perfect. I remember Michael Carter would just you know he would he would he would take on a center and a guard you know and hold him right there in the middle because he had those little short arms. He could just grab him and grab onto him and keep him right close to his body. So I don't think short arms short arms is actually you know a uh, you know a, a blessing when you're playing in the middle. You got all them arms flapping around everywhere. So someone uh, kind of quoted that, you know, maybe on third down they would bring Buckner and uh, Armstrong inside and have some kind of pass rush on the outside. You would rather have well, a Buckner well, and Thomas on the inside. Yeah, I mean, I would have. I think. I think Eric is Eric Armstead plays too high to be inside. First of all, I mean he's whatever six yeah. eight, and sometimes he plays at six eight. I mean, he doesn't play down in those six four, and I think he's a guy. If you get on the edge, you get him isolated one on one with a uh, with a tackle or even a tight end. I mean, he's got now. You talk about some long arms. He's got some long arms. I mean, he can he can grab on to his yeah. shoulder and hit that corner really fast. I think you know you put him on the inside. You know, he's going to get killed because he's not he's not a big dude. He's a tall. He's a basketball dude. And you know if if a tackle comes down, you know he's gonna you know he's gonna wash him down. Now he's got a good fast swim move, and he kind of jumps over offensive linemen. But you know that's only good on the outside. If you you can't you can't be that high on the inside. So I think he's best used on the out on the outside. Now Buck, he you know he's another six eight guy, but he plays low. I mean he's gotten so much better in playing low that he can work on the inside. He got all his pressures this year, I think, from the inside. And that's that's going to be the key. Now, if he can tighten up his move a little bit, sometimes he gets high and he gets kind of wide on his swim move. If he can tighten that up and just whiff him right off the line of scrimmage instead of taking those three, four steps outside, he's going to be a beast because he's so fast off the ball. And, again, he's got long arms. So I, I would love to see, you know, get those guys together and, you know, buck and Armstead and just start, you know, running some games with those two. I mean, they could, they could make, uh, you know, Absolutely. maybe like back when Justin and um, what was our mm. kid, number 99 on the other side. <laughs> I mean, I mean they, they used to call having, yeah. you know, on that left side, you know, Alden and, and Justin Smith, they would call, they would run those text games and those twist games and just drove off into yeah. crazy. So I mean I think get those two together they could really cause a lot of havoc on that, especially on a third down situation. Okay, here's my last question for you. Okay. Okay, speaking of that, okay, do you think Alden Smith was that great of a pass rusher 
Or did Cowboy kind of get away with a lot of holding that made him look a little better than he actually was? <laughs> well, first Come of on, all, tell me the truth. Defense, defensive, defensive linemen cannot hold because we're allowed to hold, so there's no holding, okay? And, you know, any, any well, if there was. <laughs> but there isn't, so there was no holding. But, yeah, I mean, he helped his game a lot. I mean, all any, any anybody you talk to, you know, pass rusher, there's – there's someone, you know, he's not just doing it on his own. I mean, he's got a tackle or or someone yeah. or a nose guard or somebody that's, that's helping him do it. And, you know, Justin helped Alden out quite a bit. I mean, he, he was at old school. You know, we used to call it the arm bar. Where you just, you know, you get that arm underneath the tackle or guard and just pick him up. And that's what he, I mean, it's a move. It's not a hold, it's an arm bar. Because he was strong as an ox, too, and that helped out, too. But, um, you know, Alden had... Alden has, and I'm still, I'm sure he still does. He just had a talent to get to the quarterback too. He had some good moves himself, but yeah, uh, big country helped him out quite a bit in his career. Gosh, do we miss him? Gosh. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. He's he's going, you know, bad decisions, bad decisions. Okay. All right. You cool. enjoy your off season. You do enjoy the same, it, sir. brother. Thanks for. Uh, Sorry for, um, you know, I, I get, I don't know. I'm, I mean, every year it gets tougher and tougher for me with my, with my mind. So I apologize for I not know. calling in on time. But, all right. Oh, no, 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 no. That's fine. You have a blessed uh, off season, and we will talk to you soon, okay? You do the same. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Okay. And uh, Dennis Brown is such a nice guy. Always has time for the fans, and uh, it's always an honor when he when we get him on on the show for for you guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, love it, love love talking to old guys. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I think all of them maybe not as good as uh, we kind of think. What do you think, Dina? No, I think Justin was a big part of his success. Yeah, I bet you wants to. I really do. I really do. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, um, so listen, we're going to take a, a quick break here. Um, so I, I had on my Facebook and Twitter, and I, this very sensitive situation. Um, one of my first, uh, I guess, social media persons. Um, that connected, that was a 49er fan, um, passed away last night in a uh, robbery that didn't go very well. Um, I will tell you his name is Tim. That's all I can tell you. But um, Tim was a huge Elvis fan. Um, So um, to dedicate uh, to his family and uh, wish him nothing, his family nothing but the best through the sorrow times, uh, Going to play a quick Elvis song here, and then uh, we'll be back uh, with some more calls. And you are listening to Niners Radio.
Niners like us, <laughs> Brian and Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, how you doing, brother? Hey, Ty. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, buddy, I'm doing great. How are you? Good, 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 good. Uh, you know, we I was going back and I saw some of the stuff that we uh, first first started our show off with, and. Uh, it was a great opportunity that uh come on and join us for a couple minutes here. Um so um <laughs> I heard uh, we had a uh, quite a conversation in our group today, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean it's always uh yeah, I always love talking to football and fans are uh, obviously very passionate. So you get uh, differing opinions uh all the time I and mean, when it comes to uh personnel decisions that John and Kyle make uh, everybody. Everybody has an opinion. Absolutely. So uh, let's let's hear your opinion about this draft. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, a lot of things. I think uh, people are forgetting that our second round pick was Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I think that's been something that's been missed uh, over and over again when it when it comes that's to uh, grading the draft. So I mean, anytime you can get acquire uh, your uh, franchise quarterback and uh, uh, starting left tackle for the next 10 years. So I think it's a pretty successful draft. I'm not even sure the rest of it matters. But uh, uh, they did manage to get, uh, you know, some wide receiver help that the fans obviously were looking for. Uh, maybe it wasn't the guy that they that they thought they, they wanted. But I, I think he does a lot of great things for us. I think he helps the team uh, day one. Is that uh, – I'm hearing a little bit of feedback. I don't know if that's me or if that's uh, – Something else, but anyways, uh, but yeah, no. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hear me absolutely. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I, I think the, I think uh, Pettis does a lot of great things. I mean, I think he he helps the team uh, in four wide right off the bat. I don't think he I don't think he's a threat to Taylor's job whatsoever. But I do think he helps in four wide near the red zone. He's got a six six wingspan, and a lot of the a lot of the highlights I saw in his in his highlight uh, film 
He's a really good high point catcher and really good in the red zone uh, fade uh, route area. So something that obviously the, the team can look for. So I, I like that pick. I like the uh, the linebacker. Uh, you know, and then and then once you get once you get to the the fifth round uh, of the draft and, and moving forward, uh, it's about taking those those low risk, high reward players because I don't think a lot of these guys are making the team. Uh, this year, as far as free uh, rookies and uh, I mean, draft picks and, and undrafted free agents, because uh, I think the roster is much improved. So when you actually break it down, and I did that, you know, uh, a few days ago, I just kind of quickly in five minutes put together 53 guys that, that could be on on the team, and there's really not a lot of room for uh, rookies and undrafted free agents. So those those you know fifth round six-round, six-round guys, they're not making the team anyway, so why not get a redshirt guy who who could come back and, and be strong uh, with an ACL injury? Why not take some other chances with some other guys? And Because uh, they're not going to make the team anyway. So if they're truly developmental guys, rounds five through seven, then let's take those kind of chances. So, I mean, I, I liked it. I mean, uh, obviously they knew that Brown wasn't a fit, that he, didn't, uh, he wasn't what they wanted in the run and pass game. Uh, so they wanted a more uh, well-rounded uh, guy who was going to come to work. And I know Dina addressed the fact that he was coming in out of shape. He was maybe not as dedicated as, as they hoped. And, and when you have yeah. a new regime come in and, and, and it's not their guy, uh, if they don't uh, toe the line, they're gone. So uh, obviously not what the fans uh, were looking for, but when you talk about value and when you talk about uh, important positions, I think uh, they did a good job. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, obviously, you know, me and you were on the same page, you know, as far as Trent Brown as a pass blocker, the elite of the elite. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think in a place in New England, um, he he's going to be great there. I mean, you got, you know, what are they, 70-30 pass? I mean, so, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that's a great situation for him over there. Um and uh, it's a shame that the, the, both sides couldn't work it out. However, um, you know, I maybe it's not fair, but at the same time, you know, people that get upset about this draft, um, they had to do what – they had to fix it the right way. And that's exactly what they did. Um, you know, I, I still question the Pettis move, but, hey, you know what, if that's the guy they wanted – if that's the highest guy, I, I, who, who are we to judge? You know, like I, like I've told all of our fans out there, there's the organization is the only one that matters. You know, everyone becomes a general manager around draft time, and yeah, you get your mad because you you fall in love with the guy and he goes to another team. Uh, it, it happens every year, guys. Get over it. So, um, well, yeah, no, I, I, mean, I like, I mean, yeah. No, I mean, I yeah, agree, I, right? I mean, listen, like, listen, if the team drafted three straight defensive tackles, then you'd be like, well, what the hell is the, the front office doing? Right. But these guys, these, yeah. these guys, are, they're constantly evaluating their roster. All last year, they're evaluating their roster and what they need, and Kyle knows uh, what he wants in his offense, and Saleh knows what he wants in his defense, and those two guys were given a hand, and they had to they had to play it, you know, and they had to they play that hand last year. And they were constantly, you know, making it their way. And, and they got a chance to play a lot of rookies. And, and listen, when you look at the, the draft they had last year, uh, nobody knew what to make of those guys until they played. 
and at the end of the year when they when they were all uh you know getting more familiar with uh, uh with the offense and the defense and then when obviously when Jimmy came uh they showed a lot of promise so when you look at a lot of those guys that that you know Trent Taylor was one of the best third down receivers in the league at the end of the year Kittle came on strong Goodwin looked like a number one receiver uh juice uh, juice finally uh, came alive uh, everyone was was playing at a, a really high level um and, and a lot of those rookies made an impact and so i mean you look at last year's draft and you have five or six guys that were either starting or made an impact you know that, that's a great draft so i mean i don't know how we can look at these guys and and be like listen yeah we trust them but uh i'm going to question their picks i mean question them once once the process is over and uh, and once we get to actually see these guys play, and when it comes to, sorry, when it comes to you know grading drafts, I mean, I don't know how you can grade a draft when when nobody's even, you know, they haven't even laced up the cleats yet, and they haven't even, uh, you know, had it down in the NFL yet. You know, let these guys play, let them develop, and uh, you know, I, th- I think they did a really good job. So we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, we did. Um, you know, I, I I thought it was a little strange about the pass rusher. Um, like I said before, you know, if just because we don't have one now, we have a long time before we have to go into minicamp. Um, you know, there's still trades that can happen. Uh, you know, people get cut. Um, you know, maybe, you know, bringing in more veteran players. I mean, you know, it's funny. I was looking up uh, sack leaders last year. And uh, if you look up if you look up the sack leaders – they were all over like 34 years old that were sacking that led the league in sacks last year. Um, so they're yeah, veteran players, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just, it's yeah. strange, but I mean, it's the truth. So, you know, it, it's something that, uh, you know, I think everyone needs to just calm down um, and, see, and see how this goes. And, uh, you know, so far, no, we, We've never, we shouldn't be questioning Kyle and his team what he's been doing. Uh, it's worked so far. Um, expectation has been through the roof. Um, and obviously, you know, I, I wouldn't say this year. I, I, I still say that uh, the following year is when they have the team that they exactly want on the field, and we'll see how it goes. But, you know, um, you know, as far as this season, right, uh, what kind of, uh, do you have an expectation for this year? Yeah, can I first I, can I first touch on the uh, on the pass rushing thing? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. So so here's my thought on the pass rusher. Uh, a couple things. One, uh, the team obviously likes a lot of the guys that they currently have on the roster. Second, third year guys are that are waiting to uh, to make a mark. So guys like Eli Harold, guys like uh, Tauchio, guys like. Um, Cassius, or, uh, yeah, Marsh. Uh, guys that are, uh, and then you look at uh, guys are talking about Buckner being, you know, a possible defensive player of the year coming into his third year. Uh, you have Armstead, who when when he was healthy, the first six games of the year, he was second on the team with QB pressures with 15. Um, you know, Solomon Thomas uh, is talking about playing him in the Leo possibly this year, maybe. You know, the, the light comes on, and, and, I mean, people are already writing him off after one year, and I think that's crazy. But there's so many ways to improve a pass rush. And here's here's another way. Have better pass coverage. I mean, if if our guys can be improved, which, you know, it sure looks like on paper we, we should be improved uh, as far as uh, pass coverage goes, it gives those guys an extra second to get to the quarterback where a lot of the times, we, you know, we might just be 
you know, a half second or a second, uh, you know, not there, you know, quite enough. But so uh, there's lots of ways. Uh, again, our, our our team can be ahead in a, in a football game uh, during the year this year. Instead of always being behind where the defense can be more aggressive. Um, the, the offense can be productive, which keeps the defense fresh, which keeps those guys, uh, you know, uh, at, a, at 100%. They can actually rush the pass, not be gassed because they're on the field all the time. So there's a lot of things that go into a pass rush uh, that, that can help it. And it's not just drafting uh, chubs and all of a sudden your pass rush is solved. I mean, uh, lots of things uh, go into it. And when you, when you look at the draft, the value really wasn't there. I mean, uh, you had to, it was basically chubs or nothing, right? I mean, there wasn't a lot of defensive uh, linemen uh, that, you know, Harold didn't get drafted till later on in the first draft. Lots of people passed on him. Um, so, I mean, there really wasn't a lot of great defensive pass rushers in this draft. Uh, and I don't think one guy is the answer. So I think there's lots of ways that this team can, can improve that and, and have to wait and see. But as far as expectations, why not us? Why can't we be that team that that you know had five six wins the year before and and then challenges for a division and makes some noise in the playoffs? I mean, Philadelphia has done it, Dallas has done it. Uh, you know, uh, it starts with the offensive line. You know, we bring in Western Richburg, uh, the Chief Garnett and and uh, Cooper or Thomason uh, can shore up that offensive line, give Jarrett some room to run. Um, and, uh, you know, this offense should be electrifying this year. So, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to really put a record on it, but if you put a gun to my head, you know, I think 10-6 and six is, is a possibility. I went through the schedule uh, game by game, and I think if you yeah, do that, you kind of yeah. get an accurate idea of, of, you know, what are winnable games and what aren't, uh, or, or maybe uh, maybe difficult. And, you know, I think that the high watermark could be 10-6 and six and, and get a get in as a wild card or, or maybe we're playing the Rams the last game of the year for a chance for the NFC uh, West uh, title. So, uh, who yeah, knows, you right? Know. And, you know, you, just, you never know. I think I think this offense is going to be extremely difficult to stop. Uh, we've got uh, we've got everything, and I really love Jarek McKinnon. I think this kid's going to be mm-hmm. electrifying. And when you and when you ask uh, Dennis uh, who are you going to give the ball to on on fourth and one, yeah, I think you know I think all the best teams in the league. Uh, you know, a lot of the teams on, on on fourth and short situations. You look at Philly. You look at you look at uh, New England when they have an accurate passer. They're passing on fourth and short a lot of the time. So when you have a, a pass receiving yeah, uh, running back running back like Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield, juice out of the backfield. You got big tight ends. You have good uh, route runners uh, who can who can you know uh, make those those great routes, uh, and they all have great hands. They're passing on fourth and one. So. I mean, they have the ability to do both, right? They can line up juice, and and, and I'm really not sure. buying this. Uh, Jarek McKinnon can't run between the tackles crap. Uh, yeah. Every offense is different. He fits Kyle's offense to a T. He's going to have some uh, better uh, line in front of him. Uh, there's no reason to think that this guy can't can't do the job. And I'm expecting huge things out of that guy as far as combined yardage. And if he can stay healthy, which, you know, the – the naysayers are saying if he's a bell cow, he's going to get injured. Well, the guy's built like a brick, you know what? And, uh, yeah. and I think he can uh, he can be our Ray, Ray Rice without the domestic violence. So I mean, uh, uh, I think he's going to he can be a really good uh, back for us. Hey, you know you know bringing that up, right? I mean, you know Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. I mean, 
those guys were they're good players. Um, but I think when Kyle brought big. it to Atlanta, he made, he made the, right. He made them uh, very explosive players, and uh, right. I expect them to do that exactly in San Francisco. Um, so yeah, uh, Green Bay. Did you? Uh, you're all set with, for the Green Bay game. Uh, you know what? Now that it, the Green Bay game is, I was so excited when it was the first week of the uh, yeah, first week know. of the season I because uh, I had it all uh, ready to go. But uh, my girlfriend's pregnant; she's going to be due in uh, October twentieth. Congratulations! Uh, so that's thanks, buddy. It's very exciting. So it's uh, it's kind of devastating because it looks like Green Bay's out this year. But I'm looking to go to Minnesota for the opener. Okay. Now that it's in Minnesota, so I'm going to drive a few more miles and try oh, to get to that opener there. Okay. But, you never know. Maybe the baby comes early in the, in the girlfriend's understanding, but I haven't missed a Green I haven't missed a Green Bay game in ten years, so uh, it's yeah. gonna be sad to uh, to miss uh, miss it if uh, I have to. But family first, but yeah, family first. No, absolutely. Congratulations, yeah. Ry. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. That's awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. For All sure. right, well, well, you stay in touch, buddy, and thank you so yeah, much you for joining bet. us. You All bet. right, take care, Ry. Anytime, anytime okay. Ry. Take care, buddy. Yeah, bye-bye. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so before we bring him on, um, someone that uh, I'm very close with, um, and uh, we're going to tell you all about him. We're going to play a short clip here, and we'll bring him on. In 1954, a young man walked in Sun Studios and recorded a record for his mama. That man was Elvis Presley. That record started it all. Kings. 
Rick, how you doing, brother? Good, brother. How you doing? Good, 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 good. So, um, so yeah, uh, you know, we have your uh, Rick has his new page up, uh, and you can find him at theultimatekingexperience.com. dot com. Um, and shows will be booming. <laughs> I tell you that. So, Rick, uh, obviously, um, we'll promo for you, but um, let's talk some Forty Nine football before we get to all that. Um, you got it, brother. You know, we were, uh, you know, we were uh, obviously talking through through the entire draft process, and uh, you know, we had our guys. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get some of them, but at the same time, um, there was always a plan for the Forty ers and. Uh, maybe we don't know it, but uh, obviously they know more than we do. So, um, you know, what is uh, after you look at this draft and have looked at some of these players, you know, what's what's your thoughts so far with this draft that we just had? Well, you know, the big thing for me is is you know watching the draft and yeah, you know, my player was was uh, you know Harold Landry, you know, watching him, he reminded me a lot of you know yep. of um, of Charles Haley. You know, but um, I understood. Um, I was reading up on McGlinchey beforehand. Um, we you know we talked about you know Trent Brown before, and that uh, you know we didn't know if he was going to you know um, you know get signed, re-signed or anything like that. So when mm-hmm. you know we were talking and stuff like that, we're like you know hey, we don't know what's going to happen. And then when they picked McGlinchey, I, I was kind of excited because I mean. You know, being a Notre Dame fan, I've been, you know, Notre Dame has always been, you know, since I was a kid, you know, and, uh, you know, watching his tape um, and then recently watching his tape, uh, you know, um, I I just, uh, you know, I was I was pretty well excited to have someone like that, a big boy like that, you know, guys all about football. Um, And I think that uh, he's very athletic, uh, mobile. Uh, a little bit different than Trent Brown. I think he fits Kyle's offense, you know, to a T. Um, and it seems to be getting along with them great. You know, him and Staley are, you know, are already getting close. And, you know, I think that that's a, a you know, a great thing. So I, I think the, the pick at nine uh, for him, I thought was, was, was good. I thought it was uh, looking yeah. back now, I, I think it was a, a perfect because you know the thing is is we all you know we don't know because we're not the gm we're not the coach you know we want what we want but they have a plan they've already got their roster they already have a mindset what they want to do so i i'm i'm along for the ride and i'm i'm, I'm excited and i'm i'm kind of i'm excited uh at uh reading up on pettis and everything else i think it, yeah. this kid is going to be outstanding you know and then the the linebacker we got in Fred Warner, I mean, sideline to sideline, uh, you know, just a very very explosive athletic kid. So I'm you know I'm, I'm I'm excited, man. I really am. And then, you know, the big thing is is I you know reading up on some of these guys and even the undrafted guys that we got. You know, this McFadden kid, everyone was down on him because of his forty time. Oh man! But nobody. Yep. But here's the thing. Nobody realizes eight interceptions, but nobody realizes your 40 time and your on-field speed time is totally different. Jerry Rice ran a 4-7-1-40, okay? <laughs> Look what he did. Yeah, he, Look what he, he was did. okay. You know, what I, you know what I mean? So this guy runs a 4-6-7-40. He has a 38-and-a-half-inch vert, which is the same as Odell Beckham. 
his broad jump was only one inch different at 121 than 122. Um, so you've got to understand, this guy's 6'2 and 204 pounds, a long wingspan, 10 and 3 inch, hand, inch hands. And this guy is Florida State. This guy can be – I'm excited about this kid. I, I'm, I'm thinking that he's going to be something that we're just like, you know, holy mackerel, you know. But there's, there's a lot of stuff that, that is exciting about this, you know. There's cuts that have happened, and there's this and that. Man, I'm, I'm ecstatic. And the, after the draft, everybody is – you know, the, the experts have picked the 49ers to go 10 and 6. You know, and so yes, I saw that. You know, my you know mine you know mine is a lot higher than that because I think it's the the Walsh era. I think it's the same exact kind of a thing going six and ten in your first you know the year or whatever, and then the next year going thirteen and three. That's my opinion, but that's just me. I just feel that there's just, well, everything's coming full circle. But you know, that's me. But ten and six, and you know, and to get into the playoffs, I think that we can do some damage because in the last five games when we won those, nobody wanted to play us. You know? Well, here's an so, interesting note, and uh, our friends over at uh, Fourth and Nine, uh, they had an article. I, I want to say it came out sometime this week, but um, you know, it's funny because uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, there's there's people who. Um, when he obviously when he was in Florida State, um, he really wanted to go against someone who who's really going to challenge him, and uh, he says he can't wait, hopefully to get his chance on the 49ers, and to go against Cooper Cup. Um, now Cooper Cup obviously played at Eastern Washington, um, and I guess they have a little history together. So um, oh really? So hopefully. So hopefully when they make it, uh, make it on that team, um, that could be interesting. Um, that could be a very interesting matchup, uh, Cooper Cup versus him. So, I mean, you know, and that's the thing. I was uh, – and going back to that ninth pick uh, from Notre Dame, I tried to trick Matt Mayoko. And uh, my my question to him was he had uh, Mr. McGlinchey on uh, his podcast today. And said, who was the last Notre Dame player we drafted? I thought for sure he was going to come back and say, well, it's Joe Montana. <laughs> um, but he looked – I still think he looked it up. But uh, 2011 in the fifth round, and uh, obviously um, that uh, <laughs> that was Darius Fleming in the fifth round 2011. That was our last Notre Dame oh, guy wow. we drafted. Um, so, uh, so where was it? Where was, so, yeah. Ian, where was Ian Williams then? Uh, Ian Williams was an undrafted free agent. Um, Jeez, he, uh, he saying? was one of the, yeah, he was kind of like McFarland where he, he was one of the guys who, uh, was very hot right after the draft, after the seventh round continued. And, uh, obviously he picked the 49ers right after that and signed with them, uh, that night actually. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, we got an interesting stories going all over the place, you know? Um, and you know, you look at, you look at some, some of these guys and if, uh, anyone that you want to work on, look on guys, we did put it up on ninersradio.com. Uh, you can check out all the players. We'll put all their YouTube videos up there. Uh, so if you're not too sure about someone, uh, even like this, uh, 
Kentavious uh, Street um, from North North Carolina State. Uh, this guy's Oof. huge, man. He is huge. Uh, once he's very, ready very to go, athletic. Uh, yeah, he's gonna get to the court. He's a freak. <laughs> he's, he's a freak. He, he squatted seven hundred pounds. You know, yeah. I mean that guy's. Yeah. I, I'm. Yeah, I mean some of these guys. You know, they're saying one. You know, the 49ers took a guy with a broken, you know, ex broken collarbone, a torn meniscus, a torn ACL, a torn Achilles. I understand, yeah. but like you said, uh, low risk, high reward. Some of these guys will be redshirted and stuff like that. You know, it's just like, um, you know, one of the safeties that we really liked last year. You know, got injured. You know, that Chancellor mm-hmm. James. Yeah. You know, and yep. so, I mean, some of these yep. guys are just, you know, but, you know, the wide receiver, uh, Pettis, I mean, I was reading up on him, like you said, you know, his his father is, is, is the you know, the great uh, Gary Pettis, which is with the Houston Astros now as a coach. But, you know, he was considered the best uh, outfielder in Major League Baseball, you know, and then, you know, and then his, his uh, cousin playing for the Rams, you know, so he's got a, he's got a, a sports background family, you know, and very talented. Like he said, high point jumping to the ball, like Ryan said, um, there's, there's just a lot to, to see his six foot six wingspan. I mean, for a guy like that, you know, he's six, two, I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. You know, this guy is, you know, he's fast too. That's an, that's also a plus. You know, to run in the four fours, that's very, very, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're going to be very, like Ryan said, we're going to be dangerous. There, I don't think there's going to be many that's going to be able to stop us, um, you know, with all the weapons that Kyle has, you know, the fast, you know, with, with Garoppolo, but you have check and you have, uh, you know, you, you've got um, McKinnon that can do do it all. Uh, you've got a quick, and Brita. Um, Joe Williams is going to show his stuff. I'm, you know, I'm I'm excited, man. I, r- I really am. I'm kind of just in in awe. And Ryan made a good point. Nobody's realizing our second round pick was Jimmy Garoppolo. Got to understand that. You know, the 43rd pick was Jimmy Garoppolo. So, <laughs> yep. I think that we scored. Okay, so Absolutely. I mean, there's your there's your second round pick, and our second second Talks. round pick was. Was Pettis? Yeah. So let's get back to this. Uh, the ultimate king experience dot com. Um, okay. So the big day for 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 our forty nine er fans out there now in California, Santa Rosa especially, September second. Yes. Well, actually, yeah. Yes. Well, actually, September first, okay. we're going to be at a place called it's called Sally Tomatoes. Believe it or not. And it's in Rotor Park, California, which is about 10 minutes from okay. Santa Rosa. Um, and we played there. I played there numerous times with my old band. Uh, but this band here is, is like you said, we're, it's Rick Lindsay and the Memphis Kings. And it's, it's the ultimate experience, a salute to Elvis Presley. And basically what it's all about, it's three eras of Elvis, but it's very authentic. Uh, from, down from the instruments of the stand-up bass, uh, to uh, the microphones, to the outfits and everything, to the 60s of Elvis' music and to Elvis' music in, in Las Vegas. Basically, I'm re- recreating Elvis' on tour in 1972. 
So um, it, it's 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 action packed is what it is. It's a two hour show. It's 30 minutes of each era with 10 minutes in between for costume changes and everything else and to get everything together for the next set. But it's just a two-hour packed show of authenticity of Elvis Presley. I've been doing this for 25 years, and I've I've found a band that is off the charts. Uh, the harmonies, the, the instruments, the authenticity – um, and sky's the limit, you know, and then September 2nd, we do have a show in Santa Rosa at Montgomery village, starting at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, till three, it's free for anybody to come and see. Um, if you are interested in purchasing tickets for the Sally tomatoes show, you can, the, the link will be up on my website, uh, at the, the ultimate, um, king experience.com. You'll be able to, to uh, purchase tickets there and come see the show if you are in the Bay area, but uh, no, it's just, I'm excited again. I've, you know, been doing this for so long. I'm back into doing, you know, the the Elvis circuit with the contests. Um, I'll be in um, Pittsburgh, Kansas at Kansas crossing casino, um, May 18th and 19th. Uh, I'll be uh, Brian actually, he's going to be coming out to lacrosse, Wisconsin in September. Yes. uh, Eight, nine and 10. Um, and then, uh, the week after that, I'll be in Waterloo, New York in September. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's so much fun. Um, and, and I'm excited and I, and I appreciate that, uh, you know, Brian and Dina and them, uh, you know, giving me a plug and putting out there. Absolutely. Um, it's kind of funny when he said there's somebody that's really close to that. And then all of a sudden I hear my voice on the, you know, on the, <laughs> on the radio, or on the, on the thing so there. Strange, right? Elvis, I'm just so kind strange. of like showing, yeah. what are you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But um, no, uh, me and Brian, like you said, everybody, we, we talk every day and, and uh, he's, you know, always asking me about certain songs of Elvis and, and stuff like that. And, you know, we talk minor football all the time, but we, we still, we talk, you know, about Elvis and we talk about family and stuff like that. We're really close. We've never met each other, but we've known each other for, has to be over yeah. five, six years now. And uh, we're hopefully going to be I'll, able to meet in September. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I met uh, Jeff. Finally, I haven't met Dina yet. Um, I met Ryan a couple years ago that was just on and uh, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So. Definitely. So, yeah. So um, we're going to have uh, the chapter from uh, Desert West on, and we're, we're going to have you and a couple of your bandmates on, and uh, we'll be plugging in a, a little bit closer to the, to, to these events so you know what's going on. And, uh, hey, maybe we'll get one of our old uh, from uh, old show members, um, Mr. Catlow. Maybe we'll get him on since he's so close to that area, right? Oh yeah, Rosa, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so we'll have to get him on. But uh, so we can and we listen, can knock we got, him. We can gonna, knock him off his uh, off his thing there because he don't like Pettis. <laughs> he, he didn't yeah, think Pettis was a good I trap. But I think he's. I think he's. Uh, I think he's going to be sadly mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> but well, my friend, it's okay. thank you so much for joining us. And then uh, I, I'll be talking to you tomorrow. You know that. <laughs> so. <laughs> great. All right, brother. Well, so you much, guys but, take care. Uh, Brian, thanks a lot so much. Dina, thank you guys so much. Everybody that uh, puts on this fantastic uh, 
this uh, 49er podcast. I really appreciate it, guys. Until we meet again, mate. God bless all you. Adios. Okay. <laughs> all right. Definitely go check out Rick. Uh, Rick, especially if you're in the Arizona era or uh, the California era in September. So, uh, so with that, uh, you know, let's let's bring let's bring on someone that uh, everyone should know. Fizzle, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's going down? Man, I'm telling you, man, I, you know, it, I, I kind of have a tear in my eye, knowing that this is the last show for two, three months, whatever it's going to be. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of excited, you know. Um, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked the rest of them. You know, uh, fourth and one. Going against the Rams, tight game. You want to go for it? Who's carrying the ball for the 49ers next year? <laughs> Who you Jimmy got? Garoppolo, quarterback sneak. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 no, that, 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 that's the great thing about uh, this potential 2018 team is that it's, it's basically going to be pick your poison. I mean, we yep. literally are going to have just like just so many weapons to just choose from. I mean, it, it's it, it's great. I love it. Oh, man. Mm, oh, man. I tell you. I tell you. Um, you know, uh, obviously, um, Paul is also our lead writer over at Niners Radio. Doing a fantastic job, by the way. Fantastic, Paul. Um, Thanks, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully, I'm hoping to get out there eventually this year or next. But whenever that happens, we'll have to get the big, big together, and uh, definitely do it, uh, do it right. So, um, no doubt, no but, doubt. You know, I, obviously, I, you know, we were. I have uh, your video on you know our website, NinersRadio.com, and um, you know, I think you had the same reaction as everyone else did. Um, you were happy, but at the same time, you were like, what are they really doing? Because anyone, I'll tell you this, anyone that says they know what the 49ers are doing right now is full of shit. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I usually don't swear on here, but that, that that's, you know, hell, it's late. What the hell? But, um, you know, I I don't know. <laughs> You know, like I said, I, I still have faith in them. I still think they'll they'll find their pass rusher or be very unique how they get to the quarterback. Um, and, uh, you know, veterans, you know, you know cuts, that'll happen. Um, you know, maybe right. a possible trade, you know. You know, there's there's always that leak out there, you know. What do you do with Jimmy Ward? You know, they've they technically take him off as a safety now, and they, give him a, they have him as a cornerback. You know, could that be right. a possible trade with a – 40 hours maybe taking half that money um that would be very uh enticing to some teams so um right you know as you look at this team um i i i guess you know obviously pass rushing is probably our weakest point right now but um besides that um the team's pretty strong it's got and starting to get that depth back again um, you know what? What's your thought on the on the full roster as you look at it at, at it today? 
yeah, you pretty much hit it on the nail. Um, I think last year was the first year of Shanahan and Lynch. Um, I think it was more so of um, you look at the draft we have with like guys like Trent Taylor, George Kittle, um, Matt Breda as an undrafted free agent, and players like um, Solomon Thomas. And uh, well, we got a lot of rookies last year that came in and made a key contribution to the 49ers. And with a lot of that set for this year, I and it, it took me a while to think about this because, like you said, I was like, what are we doing? But when I think about it, I'm like, okay, we got like this young crop of talent from last year's draft and plus some other key components that are pretty much doing their job and can help contribute to 2018. So maybe um, – for what we were going for this year is more for, like you said, depth purposes. Um, you can never have enough um, um, offensive linemen, linebackers, D-backs. So um, I, I think that um, for the draft that we had last year that, you know, we're pretty much set for um, we're set up good for this year. So if um, anything happens, then hopefully then the next man can just step up. You know, it's funny as as you as we you know talk through through a lot of this stuff. You know, a lot of people ask, you know, um, are we the Patriots 2.0? You know, as our running game became yeah. that quick handoff, uh, you know, to the outside. It, it might be. I I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I just think it's gonna be a real interesting year as you break down this team. Uh, you know what they could do um, if healthy, and let's hope you know we don't have another. Right. 16 people on IR. Um, you know, oh, and, uh, oh, man, was that rough last year. Wow. I couldn't believe that at one point. We might have had a nine, we might have had 19 people at one time, I think. That that was ridiculous. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, Lordy. somewhere around there. You're... <laughs> Jeez. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds like uh, you usually go to a couple games this year. Uh, any games you're kind of keen on you'd like to uh, hit this year? Um, yeah, as far as home games, um, no chance in hell I'm going to try to get to the Niner Raider game because everybody mm-hmm. and their mama's trying to get to that game. And I'm, uh, that one I'm just watching from the comfort of my home. Um I don't know. I was looking at maybe the season opener against the Detroit Lions, and I don't know for what reason. I don't know, maybe because the Chicago factor with you, I was thinking of that that (laughs) whole thing. Hint, hint. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. um, Road games, though, there was two I was looking at. Um, One was obviously the Packers, the Monday night game. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I got a friend though who's a Niner fan. He lives in Idaho, um, and I guess he's not too far from Minnesota. And he's going to the season opener against the Vikings, so he's wow. trying to get me there. So I'm just, you know, it's, we'll, we'll see what happens. But as um, those are the two road games that I'm looking at right here. So, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this team on the field. I can't wait. You know, Dina's been way too quiet. We're going to bring Dina back in here. Uh, now, Dina, I want to ask you, too. Um, 
you look at Kansas City, right? So I have a bunch of obviously Kansas City fans are in Chicago too. And has anything deterred now since Alex Smith has gone from Kansas City? Has Kansas City been like, eh, don't really want to watch him anymore since Alex left? What are you? What are you guys' opinion on Kansas City now? I mean, I'll still watch him a little bit, but I won't be as interested in him as I've been. I take that yeah. back. I want to see what I, I kind of want to watch what Mahomes does because at one point I was kind of interested in him as a quarterback. So I might still watch just to see what he does. Hmm. What about you, Polly? Hey. That's going to be interesting in Kansas City. I personally probably would have gave, and this is just me, I probably would have gave Mahomes one more year to sit, you know, to sit yeah. back and learn. But it's not my call. Um, maybe Andy Reid knows something I don't. So, I mean, yeah. regardless, I think Pat Mahomes is going to have a solid career. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be Brett Favre, but uh, – I think he's probably the closest prospect of saying this guy's reckless. He's a slinger. He'll, he'll throw around the yard. Uh, a lot of Brett Favre early traits in him. So we'll see what that happens there. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, my, that's a nine hours from Chicago to Kansas city. No, I ain't doing that. <laughs> if that was a playoff game, maybe, but uh, you know, obviously we can't do that since they're, different divisions but um but yeah you know uh as far as home games um yeah i mean who knows i mean that last game versus the rams that you know or no i'm sorry that that's a way game for the rams i'm sorry hey you all used to go california um but uh, yeah yeah absolutely um so yeah some interesting home games uh denver uh i think that could be a good matchup um, right after the Ra- Raiders game, New York Giants. That might be an inter- interesting game now. You know, uh, if Des Bryant si- signs with the Giants, Des and OBJ and Barkley, uh, that could be an interesting game now. <laughs> that could be a real interesting game. Um, and obviously, Absolutely. Chargers. Uh, whenever, you, whenever you play the Chargers, you know that ninety four ninety five season always. Pops back in the uh, 49er fans' head. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's a very winnable schedule. Um, Dina won't commit yet. Typical girl. I'm just kidding, Dina. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 10 and 6. I'm still sticking 10 and 6. I think that's realistic. Um, you know, the ball obviously can jump your way, can go against you. Um you know, I I think ten and six is realistic. Uh, Paulie, do you have any expectation for this team, or would you like to kind of throw out a record this year? Um, I'm gonna be honest. I'm seeing at least ten wins from this team. Um, when you consider if Jimmy Garoppolo, with a full season to learn Shanahan's offensive system, and yep. plus another key is you know, just staying healthy. And then, of course, a little bit of luck to go with it. And if yeah. just a lot of things just fall into our favor, um, I, I don't see why we can't win at least 10 games. 
So it was funny. I, I'm sitting there watching, and, you know, Vegas, they bet on anything. <laughs> you know that. Um, but what was interesting is we are only underdogs as of right now for four of our games. Okay. Uh-huh. It's Min- it's Minnesota. Okay. Green Bay. Uh the Rams. Well, I guess that would count for almost two 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 games, but and then um also check this out. Tampa Bay. Why would we be underdogs against Tampa Bay? I don't get that one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, maybe some people buying into Jameis Winston, you know, I mean, uh, what they got over there. They got O.J. Howard, um, Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson, I think, is still there. Um, So they got some offensive weapons, and, I mean, I I think when we go against them, that could be a really good test for our defense. Um, So, but I'm, I'm kind of perplexed at that right there. I mean, yeah, I think as the season progresses, you know, we'll have more vendettes of where both teams are, you know. But, I mean, right now, I don't know. <laughs> what do I know? I'm, I'm, I'm just a 49er fan, that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what Tampa – I mean, obviously on paper, Tampa looks like – or not Tampa, geez. The Rams look like a uh, a powerhouse. Um, you know, we've we've seen this before. We saw Philadelphia try this to buy a championship. We've seen the Cowboys try to buy a championship. Um, sometimes, yeah, on paper it looks good, but can you come together as in a unity uh, to be a team? You know, a lot of the times you look back at Super Bowl winners, and a lot of this, it's it's all about the team um, coming together. And sometimes the best team doesn't win. And obviously, if, if you've watched football all your life, um, you can agree with me on that one. Uh, you know, um, would you agree with that, Paulie? Yeah, yeah, yes, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, you can go out and try to buy yourself a championship, and I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, if you look at the. Um, the 94 team that the Niners put together. I mean, the, yeah. the, we had just so many weapons on offense and defense, and we were able to, uh, for you know, whatever differences we had, if any, just able to just put that aside and just, you know, work as a cohesive team and, you know, get a Super Bowl. So in some cases it does work, and then you have some other cases like say that, that I believe it was 2011 that that quote unquote Eagles dream team. And I mean that everybody yeah. was talking about. Yeah. And you saw how they flamed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, absolutely. So, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with spending money to try to you know build a championship, but at the same time, you know, you want to make sure you got that that cohesiveness to where everybody's on the same page, you know, to obtain that that goal that everybody eventually wants. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, listen, Paul, you have a great off season, okay? Enjoy enjoy your yeah, time thank off. Thank you. Uh, Most definitely. Yeah, we might 
we might have a couple more articles coming out, but I think everyone's kind of uh, tired at this point. Uh, so uh, enjoy your time off, but we will definitely be talking. Um, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll just take it from there and wait for OTAs and uh, the preseason start. So uh, always looking forward to that. So, Paulie, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Dita. And then shout out to the whole Niners Radio fan. Thank you for listening. And uh, just look for us next year. We're, uh, we're blowing up next year, so I'll give it to you next time. Yeah, oh, yeah, we are. All right. Have a good one, man. Okay. So there we go. There we go. So now what we're going to do, guys, is we are going to listen to the Grant Cohen uh, interview that we taped earlier this morning. And uh, then me and Dino will uh, have the final say on this draft, this upcoming season, what we're looking forward to, and all that stuff. So uh, without ado, uh, here's our Grant Cohen interview. And we're back on Niners Radio, and I have Mr. Grant Cohen joining us. Grant, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Man, just living the life, living the life. Uh, you know, this draft had everyone scratching their head, I tell you. I know you gave it a C-. minus. Um, I gave it a B-. minus. Uh, you know, I, I could have gave him a C. Um, but, yeah, let, you know, let's talk about this. Uh, you know, as the fans were bitching, I said, if you want to blame one person, I blame Trent Brown for this whole draft. Now, whatever they couldn't work out, obviously it couldn't be worked out. Um What's your yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. that. I agree. Yeah, whatever they, whatever they, yeah, they couldn't work it out. The way I see it is, uh, the Niners couldn't control him. I mean, they had him in their organization for what three years? Three years. And yeah. Three years, and they couldn't ever get him to be disciplined enough to to trust him to keep him in shape. Um, so from that perspective, they made the right move trading him, but they traded him to the Patriots. Bill Belichick is interested in him. And from the 49ers' perspective, well, I guess from their perspective, they tried everything they could. They failed. But, you know, I don't think Belichick's going to fail. If anyone is, can succeed with a, with a, a 25-year-old um, underachiever who needs work ethic, it's the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots are the most disciplined uh, Marine-like team in the NFL. So if this guy's going to get it going, it's going to be there. And if he gets it going, the Niners lose this trade because they basically traded him for a fourth-round pick, uh, what was what amounted to that value. So uh, if they were to trade him, if they would have traded him to any other team, I would have felt like you know what, uh, that team is a sucker for getting Trent Brown. But since Belichick wanted to do it, it makes me think he saw the talent that Von Miller saw. He's going to be able to get the uh, the work ethic out of this guy, and this is a potentially um, great trade for New England. And then on the other hand, like you look at the Niners. If if Trent Brown becomes a player for them, then you're looking at like, well, the Niners didn't really upgrade with their first round pick, or or they may have even downgraded, or or it was negligible. And then what they're so I mean that's not that's that's not enough. I mean the Niners needed to move the needle more than that with their first pick to be considered um, more of a contender this year. I think most people would agree that sort of Jimmy Garoppolo being an MVP candidate and just going crazy, the Niners just aren't there yet. They're they're a year or two away from being at yeah. the L.A. Rams level. I've always said, you know, year three. Uh, this year, yeah, they could – they probably will get close to the wild card. 
but, you know, I think next year, the following year, will be the year that they contend. Um, you know, and, what, uh, you know, obviously rumors, it, it was lie week, we understand that, uh, but it kind of came out that, you know, um, it was possibly down to Derwin James out there, which made a lot of sense. Um, you know, I guess <laughs> from uh, from us, you know, we were thinking maybe, you know, if Roquan Smith w- went, Tremaine Johnson, McKay Fitzpatrick, obviously uh, I think we both had McKay Fitzpatrick this year. Um, surprise, surprise there. But, you know, um, I mean <sighs> – you know, if if you believe in Trent Brown, um, it sounds like it would have been Derwin James. I mean, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, it sounds like the next highest-rated guy was Derwin James. But, I mean, if they had already made up their minds that they didn't trust Trent Brown and if they were already in preliminary talks with the Patriots, I mean, uh, they weren't going to make – they weren't going to take Derwin James. So, basically, what they did with their first-round pick is they put themselves in a position where they had to draft for need. I mean, there was only one person – they could take no matter who fell to them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could have been, you know, Quentin Nelson. It could have been Saquon Barkley. It could have been Bradley Chubb. It could have been Denzel Ward. They had to take uh, Mike McGlinchey. And, and, you know, that's just not the position you want to be in. The best dra- drafting is really hard, but the best drafters give themselves options just in case the, the draft breaks in unpredictable ways because you never know how the draft's going to break. And no. I felt like the Niners were really locked in. Like, they were almost Balky-esque with their envelope names. Like, they were going to take McGlinchey, and they were going to take Dante, Pente- Dante Pettis, no question, no matter who was there. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe the Niners really are good at, at targeting them. But all I know is the best, best drafters really don't do it that way. They sort of let the draft come to them instead of hunting picks that they want to fill particular needs that they may not even really have. I mean, what need did Dante Pettis fill? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Dante Pettis was a mid third at best, but yeah, me too. That's that's my, my that's my opinion. And yeah, I mean, actually, that's my next question. I mean, you look at it, you know, uh, Pettis was the one the one problem I had. I know McGlinchey, I get it. He's a right tackle. He'll never be a left tackle in my mind. Even watching for the three years, he's a right tackle. Um, so you're gonna have to address that in a couple of years and going from there. But you know, you go you, you talk about Pettis now. Um, Pettis, I do believe if people want to hear this or not, my personal opinion is Pettis was brought in here to probably take over Trent Taylor's position. People, yeah, that's what I think. Although I'm not sure he's as good as Trent Taylor right now. Like if if you were, if you needed to convert third and seven and you needed a guy to, to, to beat man coverage on third and seven, I might, I mean, until proven otherwise, I'd probably go to Trent Taylor. Now on first and 10, if you want a slot receiver to like, Mm -hmm run a run a, a a reverse or catch a uh, catch a screen then I'd want Pennis. but in terms of just like third and seven beating beating coverage I, I still think I'd go Trent he was pretty t- pretty good I don't understand why I mean why uh Shanahan felt he needed to upgrade there unless he felt that Trent Taylor's pass offensive pass interferences were unacceptable or something I mean here's here's my solution okay you're at that situation. Okay, everyone knew the 49ers were going to move up in that second round. Um, yeah, they did. Harold Landry, I don't understand why he latched the second round, to tell you the honest truth. There might have been some concerns, uh, you know, character concerns. I have no idea. Um, injury, injury. He was hurt all last year. People thought he was he had ankle issues. Okay, so ankle issues. Okay. Yeah. 
But then, you know, you look at you look at the other people that they could have gotten uh, maybe for, I don't know, you know, Cortland Sutton goes a little bit before that. That tells me I think that Garcon's around for a couple of years. I mean, what, what's your opinion on that? Sutton would have been a good pick. I really like Sutton. Uh, Denver got him. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, when they traded up for Pettis, uh, mm. they passed on some terrific corners. I mean, they passed on Josh Jackson, and the guy yep. I like the most is Isaiah Oliver. I mean, ironically, Oliver went 58. I mean, they really could have just traded up two spots and gotten the guy they should have gotten. So that's, I mean, in the first round, like the way I would, I think the way uh, a better drafter would have done it if you weren't locked into your people beforehand and to just take the best people, take the best player available. That's always smart. Is to take Derwin James in round one. He would have been the best player available then. Then in round two, the best player available would have been not trading up and just taking Isaiah Oliver, uh, moving up a little bit, not not all the way up to 44. Him. And then at 70, I like Fred Warner. That's a good pick. And then at, yeah. uh, after that, though, I would have taken Dorrance Armstrong at 95 instead of this corner safety to various more. Uh, the Niners needed an edge rusher, and they could have got their DBs early and gotten this edge rusher, um, Dorrance Armstrong from Kansas, who ended up going to Dallas. He's going to be – I like him a lot. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be good, but I like him. Dallas likes him. Dallas had some success with those guys like Demarcus Lawrence and stuff. Uh, so we'll see. You know, I, I'll go back to that second round, too. There, um, you know, I thought when when they made that trade, I, I really thought that yeah, I, obviously I thought it was Oliver. I thought you know it was possibly uh, Anthony Miller, which I think is a better fit, uh, and um, or Mike Gusecki. I mean, you know, any of those guys would have covered your uh, red zone issues, which now we still have an issue in red zone. Who are you going to, Grant, in the red zone? <laughs> I mean, who are you going to in the red zone? It hasn't improved at all, man. It's the same problem. Same thing? It's the same exact problem. I mean, it's, it's, the answer isn't Dante Pettis. No. <laughs> no. Uh, it's the same problem. I no. don't know. I think it's going to be another – I mean, look, I think we saw what the Niners are going to be next year. They're going to be really good between the 20s. Um, yep. They should be really good between the 20s. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to struggle in the red zone. They're going to kick a lot of field goals. Their defense is going to be real suspect, especially against the pass. I mean, if Reuben Foster is available, they should be decent against the run. Like, they're pretty solid up the middle, a D-tackle, inside linebacker, yeah. and safety. But the edges, I mean, they're, they, they have a possibility to be, like, really bad against the pass. And they face a lot of good, uh, a lot of good quarterbacks next year. So, I mean, still, like, not a bad team, but not necessarily a great team. I'm, to me, it's an eight-win team with the upside of maybe nine or ten wins. And so that's, like, basically a mediocre team that has a, a chance to be, uh, you know, extra mediocre or mediocre plus. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that, if that sounds like harsh, but this is a team that was one in 10. I mean, it's basically all about Jimmy Garoppolo. Like how, how, how far can he take this team? And even the best quarterbacks in the league, like, like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, really, he struggles carrying the Packers every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't, you, you need a team. You can't just have one guy. And as far as I see, like, the Niners went this whole offseason and didn't add really any any bona fide franchise cornerstones. McKinnon doesn't count. Richburg doesn't count. Um, McGlinchey doesn't count to me. Pettis doesn't count. I mean, really, all, the only guys you'd say are, like, blue-chip, blue-chip players. The only I think there's only one, and it's Buckner. And then after that, Garoppolo would be on his way for sure. And then Ruben Foster, if he can stay uh, out of prison and healthy. Uh, those are the three, but then, but then after that, there's really only like 
a bunch of steady eddies. Like McGlinchey's solid. He's a B player. Like a lot of B players on the team. Whereas like the Rams are just full of A talent. It's a whole different approach. And I don't understand. I mean, not, it's like look at look at the teams that were in the NF, the NFC and AFC championship last year. It was the Patriots, the Jaguars, the Vikings, and the Eagles. Three of those teams had mediocre quarterbacks and stacked rosters, and the other team had a great a, a great quarterback, a mediocre roster, and a great coach. I mean, the Niners are going for that route. They're trying to go the Patriots route, and so Garoppolo better be the next Tom Brady, and Kyle Shanahan better be the next Bill Belichick. Otherwise, I mean. I think they're really building their team backwards. They, they don't get, they're not getting the top-end talent that all these other teams, like the Eagles, the Vikings, the Rams, are assembling right now. I mean, you hope they have a, a, some kind of solution with their, you know, what they're thinking. I would tell you, like you said, besides for Mike McGlinchey, which now he's forced to play right tackle, uh, maybe Dante Pettis. You know, the rest of these guys, that you look at them as their depth or, you know, two years down the road, you hope that they're – you know, they're on the field. You know, even like the last pick, you know, Richie James. Is he <laughs> any better than some of the rosters right now? I don't, I don't think he is. Uh, I, I'm actually doing the 53-man roster right now. I'm just trying to figure out what they're thinking. And Richie James will probably take, like, Aldrich Roberts. No, he'll probably take, like, like uh, who was that? Who was that kick returner last year? Bolden, Victor Bolden Jr. He'll take – I mean, that's the kind of stuff they're upgrading in, in, the, in, the, in the draft. I mean, in your opinion, I mean, do you think they stick with six wide receivers this year? Yeah, I think so. I'm thinking they're going to go Pierre Garçon, Marquise Goodwin, Trent Taylor, Dante Pettis, Kendrick Bourne, Richie James. Okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. There'll, there'll be some surprises. Okay. Uh, you know, the other things, uh, real quickly, is, um, you know, in the third round, you had a chance to get, you know, a Sam Hubbard or Lorenzo Carter. Which is Lorando Lacar is one of my draft crushes. I, <laughs> you know, he's a he's a third down plug and play. Uh, I'm sorry, would have been. Oh, and, um, and over Fred, then they took Fred Warner instead. Yeah. You know, Fred Warner was the only draft pick I liked. Because to me, and, they and had I had to make talk that myself pick. into it. So, Grant, the the, me, I the reason to talk myself into it, it was well, yeah, because you want you want the edge guy, but and of course you want the edge guy over the middle linebacker, but. But the Niners were in a – I mean, Reuben Foster sort of forced them to spend at least one of their one of their top three picks on a linebacker. And I thought that it was cool that they waited till the, till the third pick to do it, that they didn't panic and take uh, someone with their first or second pick. They got Warner at the right spot. It was the, literally the only pick I thought made sense, had uh, represented good value, filled a need, was a, a good talent. Like, I mean, I can understand you saying, like, Sam Hubbard is probably could be a better player at a better – at a more valuable position. That's, that could be true. But I almost felt like they had to do this because of Reuben Foster. I mean, their hands were tied. Once again, we're, you know, we're putting in a bad situation. Exactly. And that's why you don't draft these character flaws because you see, it sounds like a good idea at the time, and then all of a sudden you're trying to make up for it with the next pick. And you're constantly trying to fix a, a mistake you made in the past, and now you've got two people on your roster when you only should have one. You've got the backup plan. All it's it, it, it affects. It has a chain reaction effect uh, down the line. As you can see, that if if the Niners had gotten someone, say the Niners had drafted someone a little bit less talented than Foster, but more reliable, like Zach Cunningham, who I like better, and went to the uh, the, the Texans and played all 16 games and isn't facing three felony charges, um, the Niners could have drafted like the guy uh, Hubbard in the third round instead yeah. of having to draft an, uh, uh, an inside linebacker the second year in a row 
with the top with the top uh, seventy pick. I mean, that would have been smart. These risks don't work out. It's a, it's, it's uh, not a smart way to go about uh, building the team. And I'm, I mean, it was a total risky mistake by John Lynch. And uh, I just don't understand how they followed it up this year with all these injury guys. I mean, it, it was like Clint Dawson came back in the building. Really. I mean, you, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You know, you you go back to that, you know, with the whole Alden Smith. They handled that badly. And uh, if it comes out that this that Ruben did touch her, this is gonna this is gonna look real bad too. Um, however, you know, if you get three five games, whatever, it sounds like it, this is crazy, and there might be a little hush hush going on. But but let's get to something that I, that we've talked about the last two years. Eric Armstead getting his fifth. Your option? Yeah, I don't get that. What's that? I don't get that. Are they thinking? I don't get that. I don't get that. I mean, I guess. I mean, I'm looking at their at their D line right now that I put together, and I guess I just feel like, um, I don't know. I mean, they don't have Contavious Street now, but they're gonna have him next year, and they're gonna still have Eric Armstead. I guess the 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 fantasy is that they're going to trade him, like they traded uh, Vance McDonald. So okay, they better. Uh, I, I still think they should have traded Carlos Hyde. I don't understand why they didn't do that. They just let him leave for nothing. Um, that wasn't smart. They could have got something, uh, especially when that season was going nowhere. So they better trade. I mean, basically they gave themselves another year to trade Eric Armstead. So make it happen. Okay, and last question. Um, you know, I'm a big Sheldon Dave guy. Um, you know, is there a chance that he takes over that left uh, defensive tackle this year? No, not at all. Uh you know, I don't even think he's going to make the team. I mean, no offense to Sheldon Day, I don't have a really. You don't think Sheldon Day is going to make the team? Hold on, hold on, just a second. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not judging him. I, I do think he's pretty good, but I'm looking at what at their what I just wrote here. I mean, clearly, uh, their defensive tackle, their three technique is Buckner. Um, yep. Day was his backup last year, yep. and it looks like they just drafted Buckner's new backup and Julian Taylor. Now, Julian Taylor may not be as good as Sheldon Day, and Sheldon Day may beat him out in camp, but they just spent a draft pick on this Julian Taylor kid, which means he's got a leg up because they're invested in him. So Sheldon Day is going to have to whip this guy, and even if he does whip him, I think the Niners would probably trade Sheldon Day because they all, teams always keep their draft picks. I mean, teams don't want to cut guys they just invested in unless they're really good. Uh, they're really good, and they, they feel like they don't really care about it, a seventh-round pick. So all I'm saying is uh, probably, when they drafted Julian Taylor, I'm, th- I'm guessing they were thinking this guy's going to replace Sheldon Day. So I'm sorry to burst your bubble. And let's, I, I hope I'm wrong for your sake. But when they yes, drafted I that Julian Taylor too. guy, I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, they're only going to take two, three techniques, and, and Buckner's one, and this guy is another. You know. Well, here, here's the thing. But they did give day, a day an extension, did they not? Well, here's the thing. He's, he's on his rookie contract still. Uh, he's got this year and then a fifth-year option if he wants. So, I mean, it, it's pretty on the cheap. Uh, oh, say, same with uh, – same with um, – well, he, no, there's no fifth-year options for Sheldon Day because he wasn't, he wasn't a first-round pick. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Lincoln Tomlinson they could do that with, but they won't because his fifth-year option is extremely expensive. Now, I, I don't know if, if this came out. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I just heard, heard here say that it looks like Tomlinson will not get that fifth-year option. Well, no, of course not, dude. I mean – no, because this kid, your option would be like $9 million. No, no, no. No, no. He, they're paying him like $1 million right now. I mean, I, he probably won't even bring him back. I'm sure he'll stay on the I bet he'll stay on the team for this year, but no way will they get, pick up this, uh, his fifth-year option. I mean, I don't have any inside information. It just makes sense. 
way too expensive. He would be like the, the, the most expensive. He's not even going to start next year. He's going to be like the, would make him the most expensive, uh, highest paid offensive line on the team. No way. Okay, I promise you. Last question. DJ, <laughs> DJ Jones, what is he? Oh, he's a nose tackle. He's, he's Earl Mitchell's he is a heir apparent. Okay. He's a, yeah, he's Earl Mitchell's heir apparent. Okay. And remember, like, these aren't classic nose tackles. It's a 4-3. So instead of, like, having to be head up on a – on a um, on in two, instead of, like, two-gapping, you know, instead of being 330 pounds, you can be a lot smaller, and you're just playing one gap uh, and just penetrating the A-gap with Trevor one. So these guys are going to be a little bit smaller than your traditional, you know, uh, nose tackle from 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. That's absolutely all right, Grant, thanks so, so much for joining us, and uh, go check out Grant's work. All right, thanks a lot, Brian. All right, thank you so much. All right, have a good one. You too. Bye. Okay, and that was Mr. Grant Cohen. Sheldon D. not making the team. Get the hell out of here, crap. <laughs> Dina. Dina. So what do you think? I don't know. I don't know about that boy sometimes. Ah, sometimes I wonder about him. <laughs> I get, I mean, I get the whole Shel- the whole Sheldon Day. I get what he's saying, but it just, I don't know. I just don't see him not being on the team. Well, that's what I was trying to say. I mean, when Sheldon Day teamed up with Buckner, usually on third down passing plays, um, they were getting there. I mean, um, it might not have been sacks, but they were definitely. Uh, putting pressure in the quarterback's face with the with those two pass rushing, um, so I mean, you know, it, it's a real uh, it's gonna be interesting, man. It really is, you know. Um, so we're gonna see, we're gonna see. So, um, you know, going into next year, most likely, I would imagine. The front of line will be Staley at left tackle, Cooper at left guard. Yes, Cooper. I'm going to say this right now. I think Cooper was just a big sign, a free agent sign, as Richard Sherman was. For how goofy of a comment that really is, go back and watch a Dallas game against us. Um, Richburg center, he's going to change the entire offensive line. Um, I think Garnett gets the nod at right guard, and obviously McGlinchey with uh, kills is a leading block and the leading tight end for uh, this year coming up. Um, still work to do, though, guys. Still work to do. Okay? Um, I do not believe the 49ers will be a top 10 pick next year. They better not be. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the big name next year will be Nick Boza, which is, yes, the brother over at the Chargers of Joey Boza. So, um, he will probably be the main guy that'll be picked on number one that Cleveland will probably pick. So (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Um, so, you know, with that being said, you know, it's been a great year, um, you know, I I look forward to you know the off season was interesting. Um, I thought it was gonna be a lot more high priced free agents, 
even though I like what they did for free agency, I thought I still thought there was gonna be one or two. I mean, Richard Sherman is a big target as long as he can come back healthy. But um, and then the draft, um, you know, a lot of head scratching. But you know, I, I believe what they're doing. Uh, they have very smart people people in the office. Um, I want to praise Jed York for doing the right decisions um, since last year. Uh, we didn't have a press conference for another head coach the first time in, what, three years, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, and we're finally going to – and the biggest free agent, like Ryan said, the biggest free agent is your franchise quarterback, baby. Um, yeah, he's going to lose, guys. A uh, little tidbit. If he does decide to go 7-0, he can break uh, Big Ben's record of the most wins as a starter. It would be nice, but, you know, let's let's see what happens. Um, um, I believe Dina would probably say you might want to get that loss over sooner than later. So there's no mm-hmm. pressure on him to constantly win. Um, and, you know, I, I I'm very – Happy that we finally got a Notre Dame guy. Yes, I'm a homer, and I don't care what I what people think about it. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, going back to McGlinchey real quick. You know, uh, yes, he is the uh, first cousin of Matt Ryan. Um, obviously, loving football, uh, family guy. Uh, you ask, obviously, you know, you, you look at tweet, Twitter. Um, what uh, Quentin Nelson said about him. Um, he, he's a gamer, guys. Um, yeah, he does have to put on a little more muscle. He's got work to do, but I, I think I, I have no issue that he'll get that, that done. Um, you know, he, he's got passion for the game. And that's what you said, you know, you, when you have people that they brought in, and these are people that want they love football. And this is exactly what Kyle – this is a Kyle guy, okay? Um, and, you know, uh, Clinchy played uh, – every game as a redshirt freshman, uh, started at, at right tackle um, before the last three years where they moved him over to left tackle. And, obviously, he was next to uh, someone that was pretty good in Quentin Nelson. But um, – but he did very well. Uh, was a second team uh, All Pro at right tackle his first uh, first year. Um, was first All American at left tackle for his last two out of his last three years. Um, you know, and, and we should be very happy that we got someone. Um, this solves our tackle position. Yes, in one or two years we will have to draft. A uh, left tackle, I do believe. Um, but you know, for right now, you know, Joshua Garnett, like Tomlinson, will be fighting for that right right guard position, I believe. And you know, it, it's it's come down to where, um, you know, this was an exciting off season. Now we're going to see what Jimmy really can do. You know, why I said ten and six before is I believe Jimmy can win six games by himself. And I think you will do that, and it's the rest of the team to come together. I am ex- so excited to see what Goodwin does this year. Um, he really came in his own this year. Um, 
from someone that the Buffalo really gave up on and said all he can do is run run a straight route. Um, he was Ted Ginn. You know, obviously when Ted Ginn went over to Carolina, they saw what he could do. Um, and uh, you know, obviously a very touching story this year um, with him and his child they lost. Um, you know, it's not about obviously stories, but um, as a player, he really developed. And you know, when when you say when you tell people when you watch football that reps mean everything, reps meant so much to Goodwin this year, and he's really came in his own. Um, and we did this on this five-game winning streak without, without your number one wide receiver in Garcon. Um, Garcon with Jimmy is going to be amazing. Um, I cannot wait for that to see this develop. Um, and then we'll we'll find out. You know, Trent Taylor uh, for those last five games he did he caught everything in sight. Um, I expect Pettis to challenge him for that role. Um, I think Pettis does eventually beat him out. Um, and then, obviously, um, you know, we can't forget about, you know, the little glimpses we saw in Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Kendrick Bourne is someone that everyone's excited to see. Um, we're hoping that we get that special glimpse of him. And, uh, you know, probably, Grant's probably right. We probably go with six wide receivers this year. Um, you know, how many cornerbacks, how many, I mean, there's so many questions about this team, um, but I'm excited for this team. We're going the right direction. Uh, it's all pointing up and, uh, I'm just excited. I'm really excited. Uh, you can tell even on the radio, I have a smile on my face. Um, but you know, people like Dina, they know me. So (laughs) I'm always smiling. So, but you know, uh, you know, with that being said, I want to turn it over to Dina. Uh, you know, Dina, I want to get your thoughts on the season and anything else you want to bring up. Um, you know, this is our time to kind of let loose. So, uh, Dina, go ahead. Mike's yours. I'm just excited. I mean, it's been a fun – I mean, this off season has been a blast to even watch. You know, it's been one of the more exciting ones. And I'm just excited to see what – these guys do. I mean, I'm loving. I'm loving these players. I'm loving the the undrafted players, of course. And I, that's always my biggest thing is the undrafted guys. You know, so we have a lot of undrafted guys that are actually interesting. You know, so I'm really excited about that. And then you have, you know, Colbert changed his number today to 27, and I don't blame him. I'm glad he changed his number. You know, he's tired of being yeah. called Golson, Golson 2.0 and stuff. He wants his own name. So I'm excited for him to get his name, to, his number changed. So, you know, then there's people that, like, you know, what's funny is I, I thought about it earlier. We had five players that were um, let go that I didn't even know. I, I, I knew two of them, but the other three I had no, I had, I didn't even know they were on the team. We had Jimmy Gilbert. And then Donovan um, Newsom, which both failed their physicals. And then Dexter McCoy, uh, McCoy was waived with non, um, and it's an injury, but not football injury. And then you had Channing Stribling and, and Bos- I think it's Bosico. I didn't even know those two were even on the team. <laughs> Never heard of them. Was, like, it oh. Ca- was, oh. was it kind of like that major league where they're going through the roster? Yeah. Oh, that guy's dead. 
Well, take them off the list. <laughs> I was like, what it was like, you know? I'm like, where'd these guys come from? Because everybody was saying, you know, we have all these people. And I'm like, we don't have all those people. And when I started looking and then I saw where the five were taken out, I'm like, I don't even know three of them existed. But I mean, like right now we have 87, 87 of the 90-man roster right now. They have three more. Yeah. And I think that'll be picked on this weekend of like, their little camp they're doing. But I'm interested. I mean, we got running back uh, Jeff Wilson. He's kind of an interesting guy. Yes. You got McFadden. Um, you've got Dunbar, which seems really, really good. And then you have Terrell Williams. You have McLoster. Uh, you have Coleman Shelton, Jeff Wilson, uh, Corey Griffin, uh, what, Emmanuel Mosley. And the interesting one is quarterback Jack. Hannigan. Hannigan. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because that makes four um, quarterbacks, you know, so it makes you, you know, what's going to happen there now? You have four quarterbacks. You know, I mean, you know who your starter is, but mm-hmm. you've got three more to play with now. And, you know, Mullins has been practice squad two years. Yeah. I think this is his second year. And now you're bringing in another. You know what's interesting is that Corey Griffin, guy from Georgia Tech, 6'2", 199. This guy would would be huge to put him behind, obviously to put him behind Colbert. Colbert. Um, Wow. Wow. You know, there's that O-line. Right? Yeah, McFadden's, what, 6'2", and 205 pounds? But you know who I'm interested in seeing is, yeah, is uh, I think it's Najee, Najee uh, Toran, mm-hmm. 6'2", 305 yes. pounds. The O-line, yes. he's a big boy. Big he's boy. He's going to be pretty yep. interesting. Big boy, yeah. And obviously, you know, Emmanuel, I mean, mostly, yeah. Yeah, he's just a um, little guy. I mean, he's 5'11", 184, I think. He's not very big of a yeah. cornerback. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. Competition is competition, you know, and I think there's going to be a lot of fun out there. Sure. And, you know, I noticed, you know, uh, McClinchy and Staley are already buddy-buddy, and all these players coming in, same personality, same demeanor, same family gathering, all hanging out together, weekend things together. You know, it's interesting to see. And you have, uh, of course, Jimmy does weekend practices with the guys. He likes to be away from the coaches, away from, uh, you know, just the guys out throwing the ball around and, and learning on their own time. So they do it every weekend, every Saturday, unless somebody can't make it for the family or something, you know, something comes up or whatever. But he offers it. He's been doing it through college. He offers it every weekend if everybody wants to get together and just do their routes and stuff without the coaches around getting comfortable with each other, and they're just having a blast together. Yeah, they, you have a they happy are. Team. Yeah, you have a happy team. You have a happy, you know, you got a happy team. You got a happy coaches. You got happy players. They're just, uh, like I said, they all seem to be similar to each other. Trent Brown did not fit any of that. Yeah. No. No. He wasn't one to um, care to get together or do anything. 
and every year we have um, joint practices, and uh, it was announced again that uh, the Houston Texans will be the team that we're doing joint practices for the preseason with. So, um, the last two years they were with the Denver Broncos. Uh, this year it'll be the Houston Texans. So, it'll be interesting. Is Watson going to be back? It'll be for interesting. That? Yeah, I think so. I think he will be. It'll be interesting to see Watson and uh, Jimmy against yeah. each other. They're going to be kind of interesting to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, definitely. You know? Um, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, uh, I think we had uh, certain dates here. You know, we... Here we go. Uh, so, yeah. So, rookie minicamp slash tryout, May 4th through the 7th. And then uh, OTAs, May 21st and 22nd. May 24th, 29th and 30th. June 1st, June 4th, June 5th, June 7th. And then mandatory minicamp, June 12th through the 14th. So those are the ones coming up, guys. They are coming up. Yep. But when do so, they have to be down to 53 players? After They're doing it after the yeah, preseason again, That right? Yeah, I think it's after week three. I think they're still sticking with that. You know, speaking mm-hmm. of that, what about the talking about the, the – um, There's a new rule that they're trying to get passed before. It's a kicking one. I can't remember now. Oh yeah, they're trying to get rid of kickoffs. Well, um, they're trying. Know, this is something that. This is something that's been very vocal, and uh, it won't pass this year. It, but they think it, it it could pass in about two more years, um, and obviously a lot of people are very upset with this, especially the players. And, you know, it's, um, you know, you're talking about cutting cutting teams down to what? Probably a 40-man roster then? Um, So, yeah, I mean, talking about people's families, uh, you know, and only so many people can dress, you know, for a game. Uh, Even if it's just taking kickoffs, um, you know, it's it's part of it. I mean, you know, when you, whenever you watch a Super Bowl, you know, that's why everyone waits for the kickoff, <laughs> you know, to make it official. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's a terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> and uh, let's hope that they don't do that. But, uh, yeah, if you look around, there's a lot of stuff that's, um, that is out there on that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to find out and see. What other goofy idea they come up with? Uh, but yeah, it's just uh, it's goofy. But um, so yeah, so obviously uh, they took a poll for what game are is the most interesting for the Forty ers this year. And surprise, surprise, it was the Rams game. <laughs> um, the uh, biggest one everyone's going to be tuning in into is. Oh, what is that? Monday night game? I, guess, I think it's uh, Rams 
when the Rams come to San Francisco. And there'll be a 520 start. Um, that's the game. And obviously, I would imagine the Raiders will probably be second. But um, it was interesting. It was a Rams game, not the Raiders game. So maybe uh, maybe the battles died down a little. I don't know. What do you think, Dina? I don't think so. I don't know. No? I don't think the battle's going to drop now. It's going to be their last one before they go to Vegas. I don't think they're going to die down. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's absolutely. already getting it's already getting pumped. I started a group. I actually started a group. Forty uh, ers versus uh, Raiders for the Battle of the Bay this year, and they're already bat. It's already that group's already bashing each other. It's fun to watch and listen. So last year, everyone knew it was the whole brick-by-brick brick episodes. Um, they had three of those, right? Three, yeah. And uh, this year they will have, this year is called the Golden Rule. They will have another three episodes, and that's what it will be called this year, the Golden Rule. This time the game has changed, it's called. So uh, definitely check that out. Obviously, that will be during the preseason and, uh, you know, those are always fun. Hey, and how about this? The Joe Show is back in full force. So if you go on 49 uh he did the first one, yeah. He did the first one. I think it was for, with uh, Solomon Thomas. So, um, yeah. Woo-woo. <laughs> I think we all miss that. So I'm, I'm glad Joe's finally doing it again. Um, very cool. Uh, very excited. And, um, yeah, you know, let's, uh, let's have a great off season. Uh, you know, everyone that, uh, you know, I, I always call the baseball, the, uh, in between sport to wait for football. So if you're a, uh, you know, Dodger fan, giant fan, A's fan, whatever, enjoy your team. You know, me and Dean are Giants fans. I, I still, uh, I still can't get into it. <laughs> can't do it yet, Dino. But uh, you know, it's hard right to... now because I, I have the Warriors. I have the Sharks, both in the Warriors. And... That's right. So I've got like right. so much. Like last weekend was like off the charts. Like the Warriors were behind, the Sharks were behind, and the Giants were behind for all three of them to come back and win. The same night, I was like, "Oh, oh Bay Area is on fire for sports tonight." And right now, I think it's—I'm uh, not mistaken. The Warriors are up by like four, I think it was. But yeah, so one hundred three. The Warriors. I mean, one hundred five to ninety-eight now, with six minutes left. <laughs> yeah, and I think the Sharks. Somebody said the Sharks were down. Maybe they're not playing tonight. I think somebody said they were down one, but I'm not sure. Here. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got so many scores at one time. Yeah, uh, they do not play tonight. Yeah, play for anybody that watches the Giants. Got to love the fact that we got to see Panda do a one-two-three pitch job in the last inning (laughs) of a Dodger game. Unbelievable. 
season uh dina thank you for all your hard work this year um everyone over at niners radio i mean we put a lot into it this year um dina's idea to come up with the writers and uh you know it's been fun it's been another fun year uh we'll be going into was it year five next year yep five six i don't know whatever the hell it is (laughs) but it doesn't matter and uh you know, obviously, um, sponsorship has uh, started kicking in, um, and we are part of the Niner Empire. And um, obviously, you know, everyone that we promote uh, is on our is on our page. Um, you know, we'll be working closely next year if everything goes right um, with. Uh, with some of the other podcasts and um and yes we do talk to each other <laughs> uh and uh you know it doesn't hurt our feelings that you you guys listen to other podcasts um you know obviously uh you know we still talk to um you know the the other the other podcasts some great ones out there great ones out there so um we will always be podcast. a yeah, go ahead. We have decided. I'm going to announce it. We have decided. No, I'm not going to announce it. We're going to keep it a secret. Are you talking about our big plan? Yeah, don't announce that. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to. Yeah, no, no, no. no, we're going to keep that. Yeah, we'll keep that a secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we have big news coming. We have big news coming. We'll, yeah. we'll say that. Yeah, big, big news plan. coming. So, big plans over here at Niners Radio. So, that's the thing. We we'll keep on adding to it. Keep on adding to it every yeah. year, and uh, we never want. We'll make sure you guys are entertained, and uh, we'll say this: we want to make sure everyone's taken care of. We want to make sure that uh, we're getting the entire fan base um, in with us, and um, and just kind of go from there. I go from there. Like I said, uh, I can't wait for Cal uh, Uschek to uh, come come on here, do an interview, and um, as always, we work on uh, getting former players to come on our show, and um, it's going to be another fun year again next year, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about at least maybe a wild card. That would be fun. That would be fun. Uh, but if not, it's okay. It's okay. So uh, we're heading the right direction. And uh, any uh, final thoughts, Dina? 
No, just thanks to all the fans and everybody in the group that's Absolutely. been part of our world for the last few years. And mm-hmm. it's a blast with you guys. Absolutely. No, absolutely. It's always fun, you know. This is this is what we give back to the faithful, and um, you know, um, like I said, we'll, we'll bring back some people we haven't had in a while next year, and uh, and uh, obviously, uh, anyone you guys would like to see, uh, we will do our best to try to do that for you, and uh, you know, people that you haven't heard from from a long time. Um, we'll try to get them on and, uh, kind of go from there. But, um, you know, uh, it just been a great year. It's been a great year. And, uh, with that being said, until August, um, well, everyone we, have a great we off might season. Pop in. Oh. We might pop in if we have news. Yeah, we might pop in. Yeah. We might. Or just our you show or something. Maybe yeah. repeat who the 53 yeah. roster all that stuff is, or who we think might make that. Yeah, sure. Sure. But Absolutely. it will be a little while. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so, with that being said, the new era continues. And with that, uh, thank you for listening to Niners Radio. Until next time, go Niners. It starts with the warm the anthem, the coin toss. The seconds tick past so slow, like a roller coaster on its way up. To chink, to chink. Then, the ride of your life is about to begin. Four quarters of ups and downs, unexpected turns, screaming at the top of your lungs. It's a high-speed, high-thrills, non-stop battle for one yard at a time. Suddenly, the clock's winding down. This train is rolling into the station. The whistle blows, you catch your breath, and all you can think about is doing it again. It's a new era.